0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Rathers, and I'm joined by Monister Mouse.
1: You know, your name on my phone now is
0: Dan Rather. It is? Yeah. Okay, so if you find Monica's phone and you want my number, look under Dan Rather. That's
1: right. That's where it is.
0: Or I suppose if they hack your phone. Uh-oh. Ooh. <laughs> Today, we have what was really felt like a Hail Mary pass.
1: Yes. We were
0: going to be in England. And it kind of was like, who would we want in England? And I'll say the very first thing I said is I just really wish we could get Ed Sharon. The best. And by God, we did. Not only did we get him, mm. I need people to know, I went through a third party to connect us. Sean Mendes. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: They're buddies.
0: They're bros. As Sean was saying in his interview, he's kind of a mentor for Sean. So I had low expectations, like, A— I hate asking you to ask this, but would you ask me if he's interested? You had already been working on it. I want to make it really clear. You were already setting it up, but it, the time frame wasn't going to work out while we were there. Anyways, uh-huh. within 10 minutes of asking Sean, I get an email from Ed would love to do your show. When are you going to be in England? You should eat here. If you need some help getting in this restaurant, let me know. And I was like, could this be real, this
1: guy? kind, kind person. I'm
0: telling you, I just adored him. I loved our conversation. And again, someone I didn't really realize the full scope of how incredibly successful he is. So Ed Sheeran is a four-time Grammy Award winning singer, songwriter, and record producer. He is also one of the standouts in Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: That'll be a topic.
1: And it should be noted we recorded this in the upstairs of his pub.
0: Yes. He has
1: an adorable pub called Birdie Blossoms.
0: Yes. So we did this at his bar, Birdie Blossoms, which yes. was so fun. It's and so then
2: cute.
0: the wife of his manager oh. is incredible. She made, while we were doing this interview, a 12 course meal? A
1: feast. Short rib lasagna. I mean, it was unbelievable. From scratch. Yes. I've thought about that lasagna like six or seven times since we've left London. How could you not?
0: The whole experience was fantastic. But of course, he was there to talk about his new album, Equals. And on Ed's new album, Equals, he seamlessly captures both the intimate and everyday and is the fourth installment of his Symbol Album series. So cool. And we love talking to him. He specializes in real talk as collusively. Excellent. Exha- 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 lot. Mixed messages. <laughs> Please enjoy. Ed, Sharon. And Ed, thank you, brother, if you happen to listen thank to this. You. Enjoy. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you, uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah. Easy peasy? So easy. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by Taco Bell. Oh,
1: man. We often do two recordings a day and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy and we're always craving something really yummy.
0: Yes, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all new cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is Mm. exactly that.
1: Mmm, it's so yummy. It has slow roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious.
0: Outrageous. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now.
2: He's an object.
3: I sort of came in the music industry and a lot of the people that I had picked up guitar because of, I've met Eric Clapton and he was lovely. I met Damien Rice and he was lovely. But there was some some people in the British music industry that were just real dicks to me, like real dicks and really wanted me to fail. And one of them, I remember I was at the Brit Awards and I'd won my first award and I was with my dad and we were like, yeah, we won. And he came up and he sat down and was like, I don't think your music's any good. But but if you worked with me, it could be a lot better. And uh... I'm like, why can't you just say congratulations, what? man? So,
0: or even at least try not to be manipulative. Just tell me you'd
3: love to work with me. And that's flattering. Or, you don't have to shit or, on me to say don't that. don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah don't exactly. Say anything. But anyway, knowing that coming through the industry, all I wanted was the people that I'd come through learning their songs. Just to even, even just be like, he's working hard. When Sean came through, I tried to sign him originally. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried to sign him originally. So a friend of mine was like, check out this kid he picked up guitar because of you. His first song he learned was A-Team. So when he was coming through, I, knowing that so many people have made me feel like shit, I was like, do you know what? Whatever the scenario, even if he becomes bigger than me and more successful, I just want to be there for him. I just want to be... I wouldn't even say I'm a mentor because I'm not. We're, he's at the same level as me in my in my career. We, we are... you're a bit older than him. Yeah, but right? we are peers. I'm not like, hey, what you should do is this. It's just we're peers. But it's a very healthy way of doing it now. Whenever there's a new artist that comes through especially if they're a boy with a guitar, especially because that's, that's usually who I'm pitted against. They usually go, oh, it's the mm. new so-and-so and they're coming through. I just make sure the moment that I hear the song, I message them and go, hey, I, I love this tune. And then, mm. and then you start a relationship with this person and then you end up rooting for them. And I, I, I kind of learned it from, from Elton John. I was just going to suggest that that's what he's famous for, right? Yeah, and he will forever be the guy. Yeah. The guy. yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. He's, and the guys that shatter me when i came through like i bumped into one of them at a tv show the other week and i was just like now i'm on the same level as you i don't even want to fucking speak to you like you you were you you were the guy yeah and then you were a bit of a dick and now like there's nothing that you can do to change the way i feel about you yeah i saw you when it counted it's yeah sad. before i was worth caring about yeah but elton just does that and I think now, like he's currently sitting at number two in the UK charts. He's 74 Ugh. and P- he's still on radio and people still love him. And he's because he's not bitter and he's not trying to take people down. He's not like, oh, this person's getting more successful than I am. And fuck them. I'm, I'm going to tear him down. And I think that's a good way to be. So on the Sean thing, our relationship started like that. Just me being like, hey, just like reach out if you need any advice. And- Can I ask a
0: logistical question? Yeah. How do you get everyone's number?
3: I have their email. But how do you get
0: their email? Like you hear, you hear Sean, he was inspired by you and you're like, you know what? I'm going to be a good guy and reach out to him.
3: The guy that played me him first, yeah. he was like, you should try and sign him. Um, So that was how I originally got to know him. But he was like 15 at this point. Like he was, he was young. Yeah. I flew him out to wow. Los Angeles, took him and his bum for dinner. Yeah. There's no one you can't get in contact with. There's always six degrees of separation. We
0: just had a guest on that. I said, there's a strata in Hollywood where somehow they get everyone's number. Like I'm not at that strata, but I'll get a text every now and then Mm. from a you. Or one time I was laying in bed and my phone rang. I don't know why I answered it. I didn't recognize the number. I didn't know her. Pick it up. Hello. Hi, it's Alan DeGeneres. And I just, (laughs) how
3: did she get my number? But yeah. someone has ways. the master file or something. Well, I mean, usually Elton's the guy. Yeah, like, he, usually yeah. like, I, I wanted to meet David Hockney as an artist that I have loved since I was a kid. I was sort of born near the town where he grew up in and I spent my youth going to galleries and seeing, seeing his stuff. So it got to a point where I was in Los Angeles a lot. I knew he lived there. I was like, who do I know that could know David Hockney? And I was like, I'm sure Elton probably got. And yeah, he did. Sure so enough. I ended up getting to meet him through Elton. But Elton... Because he does his AIDS foundation gigs and because he's obviously been in the industry for like 50 years. He, and he's Elton John. Yeah, but no. I think mostly the AIDS foundation gigs because everyone's played them and everyone goes to them. And he did the Diamond Tiara Ball and yeah. all of that stuff. So he's plugged in with every Personal yeah.
1: connection, yeah. It was BJ Novak.
3: Oh, it was. We were It was talking BJ, yeah. Cause... Because
1: he was talking about Mindy and how like Beyonce sent Mindy all these
0: flowers <laughs> right and you're like oh beyonce can just get your address yeah
3: well, i just got some flowers
1: oh is beyonce sending out a bunch of <laughs> yeah. flowers well, uh,
3: do you know it was because of the video for vogue and i think mindy did something for vogue oh, didn't she
2: oh she probably the did
3: the 40th, 40th video yeah oh, but yeah, yeah my wife texted me the other day because i've I, i've done song of beyonce and performed yes. with her, but but like every now and then there'll be stuff that turns up my wife texts me and hits me. She's like, who's beat? And I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
3: like, I think.
1: Wait, this is probably supposed to come out way later in the show, but we're on Beyonce and I have to yeah, ask, like, are you able to be present when you're on stage with Beyonce knowing like, oh, I'm on a song with Beyonce. I'm next to her. We're equals right now. Like, can you um, process that?
3: you know, I'd say more so in the rehearsals is when it's like, oh my God, this is like... But I think when you're on stage with anyone of that ilk, you have to just be in the zone and bring your A-game because then you don't get to do it again. Is there a version of yourself that exists on
0: stage?
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Ego. That's where ego comes out. Right. So the version of you on stage probably can hang with Beyonce all day long.
3: Well, no. There's still an element of like... She's very, very talented. She's the most powerful performer. And she, yeah, she's she's easily the best performer that I've been on stage with, easily. But I think this is where people get it, the ego conversation confused, because I think you do need an ego to walk out on any stage to be like, in your head, I've got this. Yeah. 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 And you go out on stage and you look at a crowd and you go, you know what? You're going to be entertained. And then when you step off stage, you switch it off. And if you don't switch it off, that's where you... Yes. I think in those scenarios... Like the first time I performed with her was for a Stevie Wonder tribute concert. And I was nervous. I was nervous. But also at the same time, I was like, she asked me. So she thinks that I'm good they? enough to be on stage with her. So yeah, yeah, you kind of walk on with a certain level of like, I got this. Yeah, yeah.
1: Confident. Yeah, I,
0: I really liked what um Sean in his interview, which was um his ego is with him as he's walking out on stage. His ego is like, first, it's insecurity. Like, do I deserve all these people to have paid to come see? Am I good enough for that? And then psyching oneself up and filling yourself with like, fuck yeah, I am. I'm a lion, blah, blah, blah. And he says, every time he gets out there, his first note is so off because that's all he's thinking about is his ego. He said, and then once I do the thing I do, I like to play guitar and sing. Everything just falls away. And now it's just the thing I like to do.
3: Yeah. I think with shows, especially, it's good to remind yourself that people there are there to see you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like at any point in the show, even if I'm like, oh, what do I do next? I'm like. Play a song that they know, and then everything's good again. is a weird thing, though. It's a weird thing because it's uh, something that is kind of an ugly word. But, but exactly. Was, but, but I think ego should actually just be confidence.
0: Well, I think it's like every single thing in the world. It's like it's got a great side and it's got an evil side, and you got to really try to figure out how to mitigate the downside and, and yeah. profit
3: on the good side. Well, I think it's use it at the right moments to be self-assured that the thing that you're doing is good and worth it, but never use it to put anyone else down. So as I was learning about you over the last few days, the
0: thing I'm really envious of of you is, um. so I was with a girl for nine years, Brie, love her to death. And she was along for the whole ride, like show up in LA, 10 years of auditioning, never getting a goddamn thing. We were together for two years while I was kind of succeeding and then it didn't work out for all these different reasons. And I was heartbroken with the notion that I'm going to potentially spend my life with someone that didn't know me before. Mm. Like, when I learned that you're with your high school sweetheart, I'm so, in a weird way, jealous of that.
3: Yeah, but I think I wouldn't be unless I, like, I dated girls yeah. in between. And I feel that I learned a lot about dating. And I think had I dated Cherry from the age Oh, it would have been the, a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did have a high school girlfriend who, who the first album's about, weirdly, it, we're all still friends and we go on holiday together. It's all very... Oh my gosh, a holiday. It's all very 2020. But yeah, I think the same thing, man. I was with her for four years, my first girlfriend. And then I think with Chez, it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned. She was someone that... You guys were friends, been, right? Really close friends, yeah. yeah. She was in, in a friendship group. She got a scholarship to an American university and I went on tour. So we just lost touch. She went to Duke and played Ooh, field hockey there. Very fancy uh, And then yeah. I got lonely on tour, really yeah. lonely, because it was just me on stage, and I took my best friend Lauren on tour with me, and so she, we just hung out. And then one day, she was in New York, and she went to go and hang out with Cherry, because Cherry worked on Wall Street, and then she was like, oh, Cherry Seaborn's in town, do you want to um, hang out? I was like, yes. And in my head, the last time I'd seen Cherry, we'd hooked up. Uh-huh. So <laughs> <laughs> in, in my head, I was like, I wonder... I wonder if she remembers that. Uh, and uh, uh, Because it was like a while ago. Yeah. And she did. and (laughs) (laughs) Like very innocent. Sure, 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 sure. We would call it
0: like three minutes in a closet kind of in the States.
1: Or spin the bottle. Sure.
0: Like just a gentle hookup.
3: Yeah, very gentle. (laughs) I mean, it was a kiss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think
0: there's so many identity traps on the road that you're on you develop a professional kind of confidence that maybe you don't have in real life. And is there some kind of, like, comfort in knowing, like, oh, yeah, yeah, this girl's
3: known me from the get? Kind of. But so we live in the town that we grew up in. Yeah. And her parents live 10 minutes from me, and my parents live, like, two minutes from me and her. Our best friends in the entire world live 15 minutes from us. They've just had a baby as well, and it's all, like, it's very wholesome. But I feel like I am the me that I was when I grew up when I'm there and then when I come to London it's like you have this switch that is I describe it like putting on Spider-Man's outfit because yeah, you yeah, suddenly yeah. become this person that no one recognizes when you go back because everyone in my hometown is people that I grew up with the people who work at the pub went to my school the people who work at the cafe went to my school the people who work in the supermarket like I know everyone so I'm pretty invisible there whereas when I come to London it's like everyone yeah, to yeah, me yeah. so I think because we live there, it's it's normal. And we just don't go to stuff. We don't, like, my nightmare would be having to go to an event where other celebrities would be there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So we dip in and out. And if we meet someone we really like, we say, do you want to come to Suffolk and make the journey? And yeah. so, you know, Taylor's been down there. She and Cherry are great, great friends. Yeah, I presume we'll be invited shortly. You're gonna shortly. invite us, right? I was gonna yeah, we'll say, come, I was gonna say, come, come, <laughs> come, do it down there because I'm actually meant to be there. I was meant to go last night, but, oh. I, but I stayed to do oh. to the oh. So I was gonna suggest nice. come there, oh, but I didn't know fun. whether it was a filmed thing, and I don't oh, let yeah. anyone film in my house. Say, so that's yeah,
0: I read your house in your GQ interview as being described as like uh, Neverland, <laughs> your version of Neverland. <laughs> Ooh. Well, hopefully
3: not. Tell me what exactly. <laughs> yeah, that Well, I, they
0: didn't say the activities are the same, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, can you tell us without exposing too much personal? No, no. Yeah. I mean,
3: people know. I, uh, in England, planning permission is made public, so if I want to do anything, it's in the paper oh, the next okay, day. Okay. So oh. I bought the house in 2012, and then it was just made. To be honest, I was like 21, literally just had mattresses on on the floor, <laughs> sure, a TV sure. without a stand, like <laughs> it was like a it was a bro house. Bro. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And or I had six mates that just lived there the whole time. I mean, it was pretty gross actually. Yeah, because it was just <laughs> takeaways and and then. Do you know, I just built out... So I played Holly Branson, who's Richard Branson's daughter's wedding in 2011. And uh-huh. that is what gave me the inspiration for the house is I was on this private island in BVI's. And he said every time he had a hit with Virgin Records, he'd build a little bit more and do a little bit more on this. Mm. So, so I was like, oh, I could get a place. And then every time I do a tour or have a successful album, I'll just do something else that I want to do. So the first thing that I did was I built a tree house that I put music studio in. The next thing I did oh. was get a small cottage next door so I could have friends stay. The next thing I did was I think a pool and then I planted 14,000 trees and put a lake in the middle of it. The- oh. I just like, just like 14, bit by bit.
1: 14,000 trees? Yeah. I really want to see.
3: Them. Yeah. I really and go you have to a pub, life. right? You've I have got have a, a pub there? a pub, yeah. I had a like dilapidated barn that i couldn't knock down because it was it had a one beam of wood in it that was from the 1300s <laughs> oh wow this is england but yeah, yeah 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 so <laughs> it had one beam of wood so you couldn't do anything so i put in planning permission to turn it into a barn and i was like i don't need more space but i would really really love a place to go and drink that is close basically yeah so yeah i built i built this pub um <laughs> it cuts down
0: on any kind of driving while intoxicated yeah for sure. yeah precisely
3: and also do you know there's a total separation from the house now which is good because now i've got a daughter my house is this kind of sacred zone that i don't really let people in so yeah. it's a place where i can like if we were to do the interview we would have done it in there and also if i have mates around and I want to go to bed at midnight because I'm getting up at whatever time with my daughter. I'll just leave them in there. Yeah, and yeah. I feel it's fine. Like, they they kind of take care of themselves. And, yeah, there's no noise in in waking Lyra up. So it's great. There's, like, four beers on tap. What beers are on tap over there? As an so, ex-alcoholic, I'm interested so in the one So the one I drink the most is a local one made by my mate's dad called mm. it's the Ulster El- Brewery. It's, like, the local pub. If I was to go to the pub... With someone, that's the, his pub. And then he makes a beer for that pub. So he makes a, a, one for mine, which is the same. Got Guinness. Okay. Got okay. Aspel's Cider, which is local as well. Ooh. And Neck Oil. Do you drink Beamish ever? No. Never. Have right. you had it? No, I don't think so. I like PBR when I come to
0: America. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's a Pabst Blue Ribbon. It's a staple. <laughs> Very uh, trusted. And they support the uh, Bull Riding Association, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without them, I don't know bull what riding. Was your, what was your drink of choice? Jack Daniels and Diet Coke. Um, with a side of cocaine <laughs> and I love beer. I love, I fucking love beer. I love Guinness, but I, I remember going with my dad to Ireland and in my mind, I was like, I'm going to drink Guinness the entire time. But at some point I tried a Beamish and then I just, fell oh, right. yeah, yeah. it's, it's like a malt or something. Ooh. Oh my God, is it delicious? I really recommend yeah, it.
3: There's different areas, different regions in Ireland that basically just have their own
0: yeah, I think I looked for it when I got home because I really developed a taste for it, but it didn't work out. I have a question about this strategy of, that you adopted from Branson, which is have a little success, build something, and then just over time it turns into something. But as part of that, like, do you have to trick yourself? I certainly trick myself into I have to couple my hard work with some reward. Yeah. And you end up playing a mental game because I could just do everything I wanted. It, but th- I know that that'll lead to unhappiness. Also, you don't value the thing that... You- Absolutely. If you get it all, it, yes. It, and it, to some degree, I've done that, you know, where I'm like, oh, I got all the shit and I'm, I still don't like myself. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't this work out? But do you have a methodology by which you kind of reward yourself, work hard, reward? Do you pepper it out?
3: Yeah, I guess so. And it's with memories rather than... Because I did that as well. Uh-huh, of the, uh-huh. why, don't, why don't I like myself? I've, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's memories. And I do, it, I, I do it based around wine. My thing, if I, if I do something, I'll have a bottle of wine that I want to try. And I don't want to be like frivolous and just buy a nice bottle of wine and then just drink it on a Thursday night kind of thing. So I have a bottle of wine that I want to try. Something gets achieved. I'll get the wine, I'll decant it for exactly the right time, Ooh. and I'll go for dinner with my wife somewhere, and we'll we'll have that. And then on the bottle, we write, this is what happens at this dinner, this is the date, this is the restaurant we did it, I'll write my name and she writes her name, and then I have a shelf at home which has all of them. So all my achievements are now just signed bottles of wine. Um, oh, yeah, That I is like so that.
1: cute. I should do that.
3: I adopted it from a, a friend, a, my friend that passed away in March did it. You're Australian, um, from... My, yeah, Michael. And he just, his whole house is just Aww. covered in in these bottles. And you, you would go and he'd be like, this is the night with Springsteen, and this is the night wow. with Frank Sinatra, or whatever. And they're all these signed bottles that he had. And I thought that was a wonderful idea. And I'm so glad that I adopted it because I'd started it with him. So I've got, you know, 30 bottles at home with yeah. nights that we had that yeah. I, that when he passed away, yeah. I could look at and be like, oh, remember this, remember this, remember this. So yeah, I, it's it's a good thing to do for me, it is still materialistic because you're still bought special, you yeah. know, it has some value that you wouldn't just normally. Yeah, Oh, like research the wine properly. There are some wines that they don't sell people because they think you're going to buy them and then hold on to them as an investment and, and oh. sell them. So a lot of the time, I have to send a picture of the cork. Oh, wow. To be like, look, I have actually. To prevent wow. people from like trying to corner the market and drive yeah, yeah, up the price. This sounds
1: yeah. so limited. I'm you're jealous. You're so into that. Yeah, yeah. Into wine. She's a wine. I love, I love yeah, wine. Yeah. But also, that's such a beautiful way of, of keeping gratitude, because then you can just look at all these bottles and be like...
3: Also, it's not a wet, like, if you've had a nice bottle of wine, I always find it so mad someone has a nice bottle of wine, and then the bottle is chucked out. The bottle is, like, so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. So true. You know what I call that in life? I call it eventizing things.
0: And there's something wonderful about that, like, because I guess, well, it's like everything in life. You have a daughter now you're going to get exactly out of it what you put into it. There's no shortcut. There's no like, I can buy this thing and I'll get, it's the work, it's the presence, it's the Mm. thing. And so when you put a bunch of effort into something, the the reward's bigger. Even if it's like researching it
3: and then decanting it correctly, like the whole thing. I love the whole process of it. Yeah. Yeah. And like for my daughter's birth, because Cherry, she was breastfeeding, so she could have like a tiny touch <laughs> of the lips of, of yeah. wine. But they do tiny, tiny bottles of wine. So they, they then on the shelf, you have this oh, tiny bottle where fun. it's like, oh. you know, like small. To it, and yeah, so my
0: whole, my whole house is basically covered in <laughs> bottles of wine yeah. with. One funny thing about that wine story, which I really like is his friend was coming from Australia. He was going to stay at their house for a couple of weeks, and he thought, "Oh, you know, I got to be prepared, so I'm going to get him the bottles of wine he drinks." And he drinks like, two or three bottles of
3: wine, so I'm going to need whatever it was—forty-five bottles. And I assumed bottles. because he drink—he well, he drank it like like it was water, and he'd yeah. drink it out of paper cups, like oh, just wow. like coffee,
0: coffee, cough, <laughs> not <cups>. ventizing it. <laughs>
3: yeah, no, no, he—it it was just like his thing. He would just always yeah. have a bottle of Penfold Seven O Seven, and so I. Was kind of like he was staying with me for like a week, so I was like, I'm gonna get a lot. I think I got thirty, no, more than thirty-six. I want, oh, I want to wow. say it was.
0: I read forty, but it whatever. was a lot.
3: It was enough that <laughs> we didn't get through it, and then two years later, when he passed away, I drank the last seven bottles with uh. my dad over that week. But I assumed they were like $20 because he drunk them like they were $20, yeah. but they were like $400 bottles of wine. No. And so I was just like, yeah, can you get these? And then I get I get the bill no. and I'm like, what? <laughs> Michael, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, 40 times 400 pounds is like... Uh, Sixteen thousand. yeah oh, <laughs> they wow. actually actually penfold actually when he passed away they sent me a bunch that oh. i actually have to thank them i mean i thank them privately but publicly they sent me like 100 bottles that i now just have in my cellar and anytime i think about him i go down and get one and I open oh, one it's so really it's really special. nice
1: wait it's called penfold
3: penfold 707 yeah gotta try i'm it. gonna buy you one they do they they have a california one now and they're like they have like entry-level wine which would be like i think it's I think it's like $15, but then their high, high end one is like $700 or oh. something
0: like that. Okay. I want to go to back to identity for one second. So when you did hot ones, which by the way, great job. I love that you're on hot ones. <laughs> I'm going to brag. Can
3: I interrupt you for two seconds? Yeah. Hot ones shouldn't be the show where you eat hot, chicken and you're interviewed it should be the documentary of the day afterwards oh sure, oh, sure. sure, my sure God. fuck sure. me yeah, man. yeah yeah i had to fly to greece right <laughs> with with my infant <laughs> daughter and my pee burnt oh the other yeah, end yeah. Burnt. i'm, sure, 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 I'm sure. like i've got cold sweat i mean it was it's an experience oh man and i was like this should be the documentary you should then have a film crew well, the like, You've done it. you've done it right well, I'm going to brag
0: to you. I'm kind of a legend on that show because <laughs> I asked for more wings and I did more of the hottest just to kind of really you did you know, ju- make did my you, mark. Did
3: you test his though? Because I swapped with his and then he started struggling. His was still spicy. His was still uh, right. spicy. But when I've watched it before, he doesn't really struggle and he was struggling the day that I was doing <laughs> Yeah, he got up in the middle. Well, poor
1: thing has to do this every day. I keep thinking, I'm like, how is this? His
3: insides must be like ruined. Swiss
0: cheese, Swiss cheese. (laughs) It's a mess in there. It's like a fucking colander, his (laughs) lower GI. So you're known as the guy that asked for more. I'm kind of legendary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but what I wanted to say, and also the most unique experience ever, it's like I had had hot food where it's burning my lips on the way in and then on the exhaust, of course, the next day it's burning that. But fucking, I could feel those wings move through my entire intestinal tract. I'm like, oh, that whole meal's on this side now because yeah, it's literally
3: burning your insides as it's traveling i like spice yeah i like spice but like that Bomb one it's just not pleasant it just doesn't taste of anything it's, it's a just, mean yeah. product yeah it's
0: aggressive it's mean
3: i don't see the point what's no, the value no, no
0: one could enjoy that uh, <laughs> you talked about the eric clapton history which i find really cool he loves eric clapton he's his guy he's what encouraged him to start playing the guitar and at some point eric gave him a guitar <gasps> then his studio burnt down then it had to get refurbished for a year and now it's still, it's in uh, existence it and it's great. still got his signature yeah. on the back it and smells it smells like a barbecued <laughs> sausage probably from Texas smoked.
3: Yeah, it smells great. <laughs>
0: it smells, it smells really good. But you were telling a story about you were on stage with somebody and you thought to yourself and you describe yourself this way as being very geeky in high school and that probably if if you polled your classmates, they would have picked you last to be on stage with this person. Oh, 50 no, Cent. No,
3: it was doing a song with Eminem 50 Cent yes. and rapping on it. Not only am I British, <laughs> middle class, white, from a country farming town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And I, in my head, was always like, I'm going to do a song with Eminem and I'm going to rap on it. Sure. And in, in my head, that was always like from, like, table. from like 15, I was like, that's going to happen. Sure. It's going to happen. And I, I remember saying it, to my dad and god bless him he said yeah it will yeah it will Aww.
0: god bless him i would have been like bud you got to prepare for that not to happen
3: <laughs> well my dad my dad was so wonderful in it because he was always my number one supporter and he never told me that when he played my music to his friends they were like oh, this isn't good yeah <laughs> and really? i found out recently that like he just sh- shielded all of that from me he wow. always Aww. was just like they loved it which gives you confidence and eventually you get better and better and better and better yeah, a performance is literally 90% confidence. Well, this is why I think camera phones, right? Someone said, I can't remember who said, said this. I remember being on stage age 12 playing Sweet Child of Mine. Mm. And I remember being like, I am Slash. <laughs> I rocked it. I loved it. It was a made the crowd. I could have crowd up. There's probably like five people there. Sure, sure. Um, and I'm sure if someone had filmed that on a camera phone and I watched it back age 12, I'd be like, oh man, that actually, that wasn't yeah. as good as I oh. And, and yeah. I feel like, camera phones are ruining the confidence level of kids. Cause you can watch back and be like, even if you're like a dance recital, you can be like, I rocked that. And then you watch yeah. it back and be like, Oh man. That, oh yeah. That actually wasn't as sick as I remembered.
0: Oh my God. This reminds me, this is so funny. Nate Tuck, one of my best friends. He was in college and he went to a party, like a sorority party. And he said he was dancing. He said, I, he goes, I've never been more on fire, man. Everyone there was feeling, I was just, fucking dancing it was like the night of my life and someone had vhs taped it back then in like 91 he said he watched it the next day and he realized like his dance moves were like the african anteater dance from can't buy me love like he looked like a fucking dork but he had had lived with this fantasy that he had crushed it
3: and dancing is all about not giving a fuck (laughs) it's all about just just letting go and then the next time this is what's sad the next time he dances he'll be like yes exactly i can't let go go." yes exactly it's best not to ever see that that. i went to my friend's 30th the the other week but the dance floor was empty but dancing queen came on abba so i was like i'm Going for a solo mission, and I, I <laughs> had the best night of my life. But my best mate Nick thought it was so funny. He filmed it, and I watched again, watched it back the next day, and was like, mm.
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, "It was oh, a little no. different oh, outside no. than
3: it was in my head."
1: <laughs> it is hard with these young people who start on YouTube and stuff like that. Like you have to be perfect right out the gates. Like you well, don't Sean, have time.
3: Sean was playing to sort of five thousand kids because he was so big on Vine. Yeah that his fan base, I remember like his first gigs were to like three, 4,000 people. And then it was like arenas and you have to really catch up quick. And it's a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes, you know?
1: The most, I mean, you don't have time to, there's no fucking up in small rooms like everyone and that's is so important
3: yeah. failure is so important for success i've learned nothing from success i learned everything from my failures that's yeah. the premise of this show
0: yeah i mean literally what could i learn from someone's accomplishment like you exactly. if you won a grammy that doesn't help me at all if you were a shitty dad yesterday and you're bummed about it and you figured it out and then you got a trick to get out of it
3: that's what i want to hear yeah. i'm a
0: dad who fucks Dude, up Dude,
3: I, I felt it on because my goal for so many years was Wembley Stadium, Wembley Stadium, Uh. sell out Wembley Stadium, Wembley Stadium, Wembley Stadium, Wembley Stadium. And then I was on stage at Wembley Stadium and I came off stage and was like, I feel nothing. But the route to Wembley, I felt everything. I was like energized. I was like, yes. And actually there was one moment I felt very human on stage at Wembley Stadium. I use a loop station Mm -hmm. and my whole gig is based around this loop station and it shut off (gasps) mid-song. And then I was like, what do i do oh wow so i sung an acapella oh. wow. song while they fixed it but that moment again was failure and then succeeded and that's what made up made me feel but yeah it's uh but you need to sometimes like again
0: i grew up doing comedy like there's a lot of shows that thank fucking oh, god they hadn't bomb, been yeah. recorded
3: because the evidence would suggest i suck
1: But really, you're just learning. learning, But
3: when you bomb, you you go, okay, that joke didn't work. And then then you get to a point where you're on stage doing standout and you kill every time because you've had so many failures leading up to them. That's a good premise for the show, man. That's good. Because I say to kids, whenever they say, what's your best bit of advice? I always say, obviously, choose someone you admire and work harder than them. Write songs every day, gig every day. And I was like, dare to suck. Like, go go in and be like, you know what? This song might suck or step on stage and... Dare to suck. If you suck, yeah. you won't suck next time. Or you won't suck five times after then.
0: I'm a writer as well. And the only tip I have for people who want to write is, like, give yourself permission to write something terrible. Because the issue isn't writing something terrible. It's starting writing. That's it.
3: Do you ever write something terrible and then someone else is like, oh, my God. Like In your head, are you like, this is rubbish? Shape of into- you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 stand,
3: I stand by it. I still don't think that song fits on that on that album. Do you Wait, know this what? about him. He
0: doesn't think Shape of You. He thought Shape of You was going to tank.
3: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> oh my god! What I have is I have a hard time getting started because I want it to be great, you and want, that yeah, wanting yeah. it to be great can be very arresting. And that's the only real battle to fight as a writer is just yourself. You
3: got to sit down and start typing. And dare to suck. Yeah, you can write a song that sucks and no one's going to listen to it. Who gives a you shit? in the t- in the moment. Like I remember, what was the song I wrote? I think it might have even been bad habits. I remember being so buzzed about bad habits and then at the end of the day writing a shitty song yeah. and then going home being like, oh man, I can't write songs. Yeah, yeah. it's an identity.
1: Yeah. It can like shatter your identity. That's the fear. It's like, oh, if I can't do it, then I can't do it ever.
0: Yes. Here's the analogy I would make. I just thought of it while you were saying that is if you're an athlete, right, and you're competing for the Olympics and you thought... I can't start my workout today because it's going to be a bad workout. Not mm. an option. You just got to work out. You if to you're going. It, yeah, yeah. It's the muscle. So it's like literally it's just going to the gym. You're not hoping you get the perfect fucking workout. You just know that's what you've got to do to eventually go somewhere and compete. That's a very good point, yeah. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson packs playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh,
1: it. Ooh, that's exciting!
0: Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash DAX. We are supported by Taco Bell. Ugh.
1: Oh, man. We often... Do two recordings a day, and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy. And we're always craving something really yummy. Yes,
0: yeah, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is mm. exactly that.
1: Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious.
0: Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Okay, so back to what you said on Hot Ones about Fiddy and m M&M, and is that your classmates wouldn't have thought you would have been there and that you were geeky. And then I read that your classmates also voted you most likely to become famous. Yeah. So do you think...
3: There's a gap. <laughs> no.
1: There,
0: is, there, there, a, th- is there a gap between what you think and what people think? No, 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 no. It was the hip-hop version that seemed crazy for them.
3: Yeah. I think people thought that I would make success out of music. But even now, people wonder how I do songs with people. So yeah. the people who they would consider, like, super cool, even now, they'll be like... How did he get on a song with Travis Scott? Or how oh, did he yeah. get Tion Wayne and Central C to do it? Like, Well, really quick, can I ask you a question? Do you think anyone thinks that? Or do you think you think they think that? No, I think people think that. I think people think that. I think in the music industry, there's like cool clubs. I think because I make pop music, people think I'm not in the cool club. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes know. I'm writing music for the cool club <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes. You uh, know?
0: Absolutely. Well, I don't know. I just talk for myself people don't think nearly as bad about me as I'm positive they do. In fact, I almost start every sentence defensively. In fact, the name of this podcast was going to be The Millionth Podcast, Not Armchair Expert, because I was already embarrassed that so many people had already done it, and I'm just hopping in now. I'm a fucking poser, and I'm going to beat you to the burn on me. Yeah, I know this is the one millionth podcast.
3: But I think it's good to be self-aware as well. I don't necessarily think people think bad on me. But I do think there's a hell of a lot of people that want me to fail. It's crabs in a barrel. Do you know the crabs in a barrel mentality? So Tell me crabs in a barrel. Crabs, you put crabs in a barrel of water, and all the crabs will help one crab get to the top. And then when it's at the top, they drag it back down and they get the next crab and they help that. And that yes. and that yeah. and that is I feel I don't want to shit on my country. I love I love living here. But they love an underdog. Sure. Yes. Hate a winner. Do you know what they hate? They hate a nice winner. They hate. they well, that's they, the worst. They hate someone who they're like, <laughs> "Oh fuck!" Like I can't hate him. <laughs> oh, I do right, hate. Right, right, right. <laughs> He's not really that. No, they see every aspect of my life as like a PR exercise. Sure, sure. So the fact that my kind of whole shtick has been people being like, "Oh, he's so normal," and he feels like you can go for a pint with him or whatever, and I feel like people think that that is a carefully crafted design oh. and calculated calculated thing yeah. yeah
0: i've seen that you've objected to people suggesting you do things for money which i don't know why they would suggest that assuming they know somewhat that you've done just fine you probably have passed the point where you're trying to keep the heat on
3: i don't do private shows i'm not saying i never would but yeah. like i'm not going to play for some like what if war, i told Warlords.
0: you eight hundred dollars
3: cash money to play at my daughter's i would rather play it for free <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. This might come back and bite me in the ass in years to come because I might end up playing private shows, but I never f- like feeling like I'm owned. I did yeah. I did one at the beginning of my career and I turned up and they gave me my set list. So when people ask me to play their weddings, I usually say, if I'm free, I'll just come and do it. And I do, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the, you know, I will just turn up that's at lovely. someone's wedding and play and not charge, because I think that's more fun. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. don't necessarily do it for money. I know my worth. Well, there's commerce and then there's doing what you love. Yeah. So there's two different things.
1: We're friends with Pete Wentz and, and they they did a show for like some Russian czars or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fall Out Boy did. And, and they were like, it was atrocious. Everyone just stood there. No one clapped. No one did saying, No one did anything. And they were like, we're never, ever, well, ever best part, doing this again. The yeah. best
0: part was is they played a couple of the songs, you know, whatever. They had a set list. And then at the end they said, no, you play this. Yeah, replay. They wanted them to. They, they the end up thing, playing then. the same song three times.
3: Yeah, because, crazy because like you're that. owned for the day.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. The only one actually I've done in ten years because it was in Hawaii, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah I want, yeah. I want to go to yeah. Hawaii. But that was like a gig that I was booked for, and but like when you're playing to ten yeah. people in a room, yes. you know, yeah, that's and nice. then they say play it again and again, and oh. again. like yeah, not for yeah, me. Yeah,
1: you feel like a puppet.
0: A friend of mine went to Sea World. Yeah. And they have a little amphitheater. Can yeah,
1: SeaWorld yeah, can- is canceled. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, let's not get bogged down to <laughs> that. But a friend of mine was there with his kids, and they have a little amphitheater. It's probably maybe 200 people can sit in it. And he saw on the sign Tone Loke's playing. Do you, know, do you remember Tone Loke? Funky Cole Medina and Wild Thing? Oh, she right. likes oh, to do the wild thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So according to him, I don't want to get sued, he played Wild Thing. Everyone went bonkers. And then he played Funky Cold Medina. Everyone went bonkers. And at the end of Funky Cole Medina, he goes, y'all want to hear Wild Thing again? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone <laughs> crazy. And then he fucking played it again. And he played three songs, <laughs> and two of them were
3: Wild. Kind of awesome, though. Right? Yeah. It's so awesome. You know your audience. That's I mean, right. I remember I played with um, Macklemore. And he opens with Can't Hold Us and then uh, I think ends, ends with this. Oh, and good for him. Because it just goes, I mean, and don't get me wrong, he has like hits for oh, days. Yeah, yeah. We but, interviewed him, we love him. he right, knows, yeah, knows yeah. what's going to get the crowd hype. Well, when you said the cool
0: club, I immediately thought of him. I thought, yeah, that's a victim of the cool club.
3: But the cool club were, so the cool club, like he is still hanging out with the people that you think are in the cool club. Yes, he yes, still yes, yes, yes.
0: But some faction of the media has decided he's not that. Mm. And has created this kind of bullshit tension, which we talked about at great
3: length. Like there's some undercurrent to suggest he's not, despite the reality of it. I mean, that's the same for me. It'll be the same for Sean. It'll be the same for... Taylor, does she get that? I think she did. I think she reached a level of success with 1989 that people were like, oh, she can't do it again. She can't do it again. And I think with Folklore and Evermore is so back in with the cool club. She's now kind of... Transcended all of it. Yeah. You can't, like, she's done it again and again and again. And at a certain point, you have to just be like, she's really good. Also, just doing that. She's just a nice person. So, like, it comes out. Yeah. She'll do, like, she'll donate to a fan's thing here or she'll do this. And, like, these things come out and the media, I felt like they felt they could shit on her for a bit. And then eventually they're like, you know, like... She won.
1: Literally. She definitely won. She definitely won. won.
3: I don't think there's ever a point... I mean, I can't speak for the future, but I think she's out the other side now. I don't think there's ever a point where people can be the way they were with her. Did you watch her doc? You must have. Of course, yeah. Okay,
0: so that's where I went from, you know, my daughters love her music. I like some of her songs. I was, whatever. If I had to do zero to 10 interest in her, it was like at a four or five. I watched her doc and just what we were talking about, about me learning from people's struggles. I went, I fucking love this woman. I love her honesty. I love her vulnerability. I love her fucking truth. And I talked about this with Sean, and I'm going to talk about it with you because I've seen it in you too. You said, look, man, I did fucking 260 shows, and I didn't want to ever do music again. It ruined my experience. And what I love about this generation of younger rock stars is, like, I grew up with Led Zeppelin. I should aspire to fuck a fish in a hotel room. Like, there's no downside. There's just fucking fish in hotel rooms. (laughs) There's no struggle. There's no loneliness. There's no identity crisis. And the result of that, as you saw, there isn't a musician from the 60s that wasn't a raging fucking addict because you need relief. You have to regulate from the loneliness and the highs of the stage and the loneliness of the hotel and the fucking. I love that y'all are owning the reality of the human experience because I think what gets us all into troubles, and I'm going to argue that this is what happened to you with Wembley we are fantasy creatures. We are forward thinking fantasy creatures. And we think we're going to feel a certain way. You thought in your head for however many years that when you played Wembley, a magic sensation was going to enter
3: your body in a confidence. I thought that having a daughter, I thought everyone said, you feel this new love having a daughter. And I remember in, it was a very traumatic birth. And uh, I remember holding her and being like, when's it going to hit? When's it going to hit? And then just gradually you realize that actually it's not a switch that comes on and it's a new kind of love. It's you have a totally different, because I thought, do you love your daughter more than your wife? Like, is that the thing? And it was this bond of real true emotive love and worry, lots Mm -hmm. and lots of worry Mm -hmm. that sort of gradually happens and it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. But I assumed, I mean, as you said, you feel like it's this light switch moment where it's like, and now
0: it's this. Dude, this is across the board. So Mondays is celebrities, Thursdays is like professors. All the best minds in the world. Everyone who's gone to Harvard had the exact same experience. Their entire life was about
3: getting to Harvard. And then they got to Harvard and they're like,
0: huh, I thought I was going to kind of
3: feel like a scientist overnight. And then I guess after Harvard, they go, and I'm going to have the best job and it's going to go in and I'm going to be a billionaire.
0: And then when I have money, it's going to feel this way. That was my lie. I'm like, oh, if I have
3: money, there's no problems. Going back to what you were saying about artists have to have something once the stage is over and they have, have the high. I actually think real addiction comes in the off time, in the boredom, when you haven't got anything to do. When I watched the Amy documentary, it, like her addiction got really bad when she was off tour because yeah. she would wake up in the morning and be like, well, what, what do I do today? I'm not playing a show. I'm not doing... Oh, mm. I'll, I'll get high. And then it turns into... I'm on tour and I'm doing it and this is what I need. But eventually those collide. Did you watch either of the Whitney Houston documentaries? I haven't seen it yet. They're phenomenal.
0: And she is on a tour like you were on, you know, like they are working that woman and she is in Australia and she's playing for a hundred thousand people and she is actively fucking smoking crack. And yet she still is getting there. She's so skinny and she like, and now it's just all converging, the addiction and the stage thing. And all of it is just like, it's a mountain. And the Amy thing is really, Really heartbreaking, and again, I think she just missed the generation where she could have maybe owned a lot of it and dealt. With. I don't know. I don't know. I just think what what you guys are doing is so helpful to everybody because there isn't a magic pill, there isn't a magic job, there isn't a magic accomplishment,
3: and y'all are being honest about that. Well, you just need to get your head around that. Maybe the accomplishment is doing what you love for a living, and like my every day waking up and being like hey, I get to play guitar today and people are going to go, hey, you're good at that. That is enough. That is enough. And that's why someone like Sean, for instance, when he's going to stage and he's going, am I enough? Am I uh, enough? And then he stands on stage and goes, oh yeah, no, people do like this. I think that accomplishments, and this is the thing with award shows and sort of sales in general and people being like, this is what defines you. Like my new album is not going to sell what Divide sold. I know that for a fact. You know, it's a different... Different time. CDs aren't really the thing anymore. But still, Equals. Equals is out and it's fantastic (laughs) and everyone should buy multiple copies. But my worth by some people will be judged, or the album's worth, even if the album's so much better, it will be judged on, yeah, but what did it sell? Did it win any any Grammys? What did it do? Rather than, I love it. And Mm, I'm really proud of it. And I hope people listen to it and they like it too. But the thing that I got into on my first record was... It was, it was critically slammed. I won um, Brit Awards, but I remember I was like nominated for a Grammy and, and losing, I was like crushed. Who'd you lose to? Fun. I lost to okay. Fun. And okay. then lost to Macklemore the year after. I lost 13 <laughs> Grammys in a row. <gasps> is that a record? It, no, oh. maybe. Uh, anyway, I lost uh. I lost 13 in a row. I was zero to 13. <laughs> when they invite you on the 11th time, are you a little bit like, I'm not
0: fucking going to go Well, there this, is and lo- <laughs> this is my point. This is my point.
3: On the 14th time, it was my birthday. And I was like, I was like, I don't want to spend my birthday losing. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was, I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna book a plane afterwards to take me and my wife to Iceland, and I'm gonna wake up and jump in the blue lagoon and win or lose, that's my day, and I won. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was there, like, fuck, I gotta go. See, so, see so you guys. Like, there was no celebration. It was yeah. just like I won and and left. That might and be that the healthiest it. way to do it. Yeah. And then the next time I won, I woke up here in bed and literally like looked on the news and was like, oh. Oh, I won. Okay, so you didn't go to one of the ones you won. I didn't go to one of them, no. I often find, like, for me, award shows, if I'm not performing, I kind of can't really see the part, because I want to go and perform and people to see a song. So I'm kind of like, if I'm not playing, I find it difficult to- Go sit in an audience. I I just, it really, really makes me feel like shit, and I get, like, real anxiety being around- Lots of people that I admire. That, it's the thing where like, you think everyone hates you. And I walk yeah, into a room yeah. and I go, these, all of these people don't like, like I, don't, I don't like that feeling. And it's a lot easier to go and be like, but I'm playing. And yeah, I'm promoting yeah. my record.
1: But you well, know, that's not true. Like everyone well, in that room. Well, I was going to ask a
3: my party thing. People yeah. do want me to fail, especially here. People are waiting for the moment where a song doesn't go but to number one. But not the thing.
1: people in the room at the Grammys who know what's up
3: no no no, they, no 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 i know you like i know i know because <laughs> I, I i hear people talk about people who talk about me and in the moment it will be like hey man what's going on but i know for a fact that people are like fuck this guy well but I can you write work. some
0: of that off as just obviously
3: like yeah, some career envy yeah of course yeah of course i'm like i know yeah, I, yeah i'm, yeah. Fi- I'm yeah. fine with it but again be self-aware i'm very self-aware of those things and even here in our music industry in england where the percentage of people listening has gone up and as a music industry everyone benefits if say coldplay or adele or whoever they have a successful album 15 bands that kind of sound like them will get signed and then they'll get a shot and then they'll get on radio because of it. And like- Well, a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. And like some of those ships will still want me to fail. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like, I'm not saying like, I'm the reason that people have success, but there's definitely like, when someone gets a hit on radio, oh. there's definitely a like, oh, well, this is the new some, something or other. And like, I don't know. I just, like, I know that I benefited from Paolo Nutini and James Blunt from my record label because they were male singer-songwriters who got big, sold a lot of records, and that money went to signing me and making my record yeah. and then promoting it. And it's just, a, it's it's a cycle. Okay. Back to the wedding thing. I
0: want to suggest, this is from my own experience. If I look at my happiest days of being an actor, it's when I was a groundling and I did a show every Sunday and literally nothing could happen from it. No one's going to like, I was going to be great. And they were going to give me a check at the end of it. It was just like, I did it because I wanted to be on that stage. And then Soon as I started doing movies, it was like, this one's got to do this much so I can do that one. The whole thing yeah, yeah, shifted. Yeah. And so, trying to recapture why I moved to Los Angeles, which was to be funny, the more I can do that, the happier I am. So, yeah, like for me, if you played a wedding out of your love for playing, that's such a different experience.
3: But that's why I do it. I balance it. So, yeah. if you say you did mega, mega, million-selling movie, go and do a stand-up show on Sunday and remind yourself that you are yeah. funny and do it for free. And and then people are like, holy shit, did you see so-and-so turned up to the yeah. comedy club and he, he didn't even want to be paid. He just did it for the love of it. Yeah, yeah. and I think... I do that now. Like every now and then we'll just be like, fuck it. I want to play a show today. And I will just turn up somewhere and plug in and play.
0: Well, he does this really cute thing. Like there's all these videos of him, like people playing at a mall or or out in the park. Oh, and yeah. then he just pops in and starts <laughs> Can fucking you jamming. Imagine? Like, I saw this cute picture with like all these girls that were doing some kind of singing yeah, <laughs> in yeah, yeah. public. And then he rolls up and just starts fucking. Now that's the kind of superpower I wish I had. Where like my talent, I could start right now and end in four minutes and give right, it to somebody yeah, yeah. and then walk away. Sounds so times, dreamy. How many
3: times have you been at a dinner party and you go, oh, I'm a comedian?
0: And they go, Tell us a joke. Oh, they don't have to say, Tell me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving them way too many jokes. They're like, data. Can
1: you stop telling us jokes? I'm
0: going to tell you my favorite one. And cool. it's just about the delivery. The joke is not good. Old man goes for his yearly physical at the doctor. And the doctor says, I've, I've ran your, your labs, uh, looking at your results. I got two really bad pieces of news for you. Number one, you have cancer. And number two, you have Alzheimer's. And he says, well, at least it's not cancer.
2: <laughs> <That's-> <laughs>
0: let me tell you, it's not funny to make fun of Alzheimer's. Oh What's funny is how positive he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, joke yeah, is. yeah. Uh, Wow. <laughs> um,
1: that one gets said multiple times on yeah. this show, along with the underwear one. The underwear one. I thought you were going to say that.
0: Oh, no, the rabbit Blood? and the bear.
1: Bloody underwear.
0: I have, oh, yes, one more, one more. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> So, an old man again goes to his. Is he ragging <laughs> an old man? Exactly. That's his brand of comedy. Because that's my fear right now as I'm slowly turning into an old man. goes with his wife to his yearly physical because he's hard of hearing. She helps out. And he gets in there, and the doctor says, Okay, before we get started, we're going to need a blood sample, a urine sample, and a fecal sample. And he turns to his wife and says, What did he say? And she said, he wants your underwear.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> so gross. <laughs> That's
3: fucking cool. Okay, old man, old man goes to the doctors for a uh, for a checkup. Actually, middle-aged man. We're not, oh, okay. not going to okay. rag on yeah, the old man. A shepherd. Looks- um, goes to the doctors for a checkup. And uh, the doctor does all the all the tests, all the, you know, putting the electrode things on. And then he's fine. And he says, right, you're totally clear. But, you know, I'm a religious man. And I just want to ask you, uh, what's your connection like with God? Do you have a good spiritual connection? He's like, yeah, man. Weird, me and God are so close. Every time I go to the toilet, repeat, he turns the light on, and when I leave, he turns it off. Doctor's like, What? Like, yeah, every time I go to the toilet, turns the light on, but when I leave, he turns it off. The doctor's really concerned, so he rings up the man's wife and he's like, Does God turn on the light for your husband uh, and turn it off when he leaves? She's like, No, he just pisses in the fridge. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I was trying to predict the end of that joke and I was so off base. That's <laughs> great. Pisses in the, he pisses fridge. In the fridge. I meant to say he sleepwalks and pisses in the fridge. <laughs> oh, just, okay. that's um great. sorry, we are <laughs> just turning into No,
0: that's exactly what the show's supposed to do. It's supposed to get far away from anything you're expecting to hear us talk about. Um I had a question about in the interviews I've watched you in, you have a total comfort and a confidence and it seems to me that you're not terribly concerned about what the fallout is and I was wondering if That is the actual gift of success, that you've done well enough that you don't feel the pressure to try to be broadly appealing or try to say something that'll appeal to people. Like, is that the gift of...
3: Mm, No, because I still feel there's pressure to have
0: hits. No, I mean about being yourself in interviews. Right, oh. Because, you know, a younger artist who's trying to appeal to the most amount of people as possible, they might ask them some question that they know is polarizing or they right, might think right. is alienating to some group, and they can't really, they're not in a position to
3: be that way yet. And I think honesty is the best policy, and I feel like you can never get caught out. I mean, there, there's people that I know that are clean cut and don't do drugs, kids, and then get caught doing drugs. Yeah. And then everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think it's from the yeah. get-go, it's good to just, just to be honest. And I think if, if you're a nice person, You can't get caught out. I have, I mean, Claire, my publicist will tell you that the newspapers here, they will search for things on you. They will try and take you down and they will find stuff. So if Mm. you're just a nice person, Mm. they're not going to find shit because you don't have things to dig up. James Blunt said that to me. He said it once in, in, in an interview and it was like this kind of faux shock from the press who probably do it with him. They're probably at yeah, the exactly. of doing it with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said it was very much a kind of like, pop star does drugs. And everyone was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, We didn't see that <laughs> Big coming. Big shocker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about acting for one second. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, like it? Do you know, I love the break from the norm, but I found, I did a TV show. Game of at, Thrones. No, 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 no. Oh. It was a show called The Bastard Executioner. Um, Kurt Susser. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I loved the first day. And then the second day, I was like, I felt so out of place because I wasn't an actor. And the confidence where well, I just yeah. I didn't feel like a very confident actor. And it actually turned like I watched that show now and it actually turned out really well. But I I feel I don't really have imposter syndrome too much with my own career because I, I know the path that it's it's trod. But I have real imposter syndrome with acting. So I feel like dipping in. And doing a cameo that I'm like asked to do rather yeah. than like that show I like went through the process yeah, of. Yeah, um, regular. Yeah. And uh, so I, th- I think dipping in if I'm asked to do a cameo, I just did a cameo in um, this movie for Netflix where I actually play a wedding and then the wedding gets shut down. The police drag me off stage and I start shouting, I'm oh, fucking have you killed. You know I <laughs> and I find that like, I find that funny. So yeah, I do like acting in that respect. I'm very aware that I am a very recognizable person who is well known for having a face for radio. So I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking to be no, a heartthrob. I would love to do an animated movie. I'd love to ah, do a musical animated movie. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but oh, my wife can make
0: that happen. Awesome. That's oh, her, yeah. that's her field is animated musicals. Let's talk about Game of Thrones for one second.
3: Yeah. Polarizing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on the side that loved it. So just know where I'm coming from. But, um, Game of Thrones at our house was a pod event way before there were pods. We would, Sunday night, like, four different families comes over. We all, this a whole thing. Amazing. We pause 80 times. We want it to last, like, six hours. I mean, it's our- We call it
1: PRQ. Pause real quick.
0: Yeah, PRQ. And then when someone says something, of course, when you came on, fucking, everyone's yelling,
1: PRQ! PR-.
0: I forgot that. <laughs> oh, That's yeah.
1: so great. Is that PRQ! Issue? PRQ! Yeah.
0: But I just learned the backstory of it yesterday, reading about you. That was a surprise for Aria.
3: Did you oh, know I that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was her that, that was ruined. That, that was ruined by Sophie Sansa. Sansa oh, uh, what? Sophie said at Comic Con, she was like, "Oh, we have got Ed, Ed Sheeran on the next oh. season." And I think I think Maisie was like, "What?" Because <laughs> oh. she didn't know not to say. But yeah, yeah. Basically, it had come through. I toured with Snow Patrol in 2012, and Gary, the lead singer, was Matt. It was season two was airing. Uh-huh. At, at the time and he was mad on it and he had filmed a cameo for season three so I started watching it with him instantly got obsessed Game of Thrones was like this show that I had the DVD box sets back home and none of my friends wanted to watch it so I used to get Of mate round my house and be like, we're watching and I would watch (laughs) season one with them for the day. Yeah. And then get them hooked. And then I'd get another friend and I'd watch season one for the day. I must have watched season one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 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 Precisely. But so I said to Gary back then, I was like, can you get me a cameo? And he said, Yeah, I'll speak I'll speak to the creators. So I was in touch with the creators from like 2012, I think. And then Obviously they were like, this doesn't make sense. Like why would why why would we have it? But then it makes really sense. Really quick,
0: just because it is comparable. You would never acknowledge this, but I'll acknowledge it for you. I mean, you sold 150 million albums. Only Michael Jackson really is in that world. So just imagine you were watching Game of Thrones and they panned over and Mike was sitting there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, what, what I say to people all the time, because I know I know it was like a why there was a big why not for me and i just say to people what would you say
1: exactly
3: did you like sopranos you're too young to oh, have liked man. sopranos
0: i watched it in real time oh mm-hmm. baby yeah, yeah that was the other that was i've only had two shows in my life where it's like friends came over on sunday we made italian food we fucking watched sopranos we paused it a bunch but i always said like put me in the background as a waiter that's just dropping off a glass of wine i just want to be i want to be in the world i've been obsessed with i just want to enter the world and i can leave real quick. So did you feel when you were on Game of Thrones, did that experience maybe live up? Were you like, oh, my God, I'm in the world?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like people's reaction to it sort of muddied my joy Um, to it.
0: Sincerely, I fucking loved it. Thank you. And I was with you. I'm like, God bless this motherfucker. If they'd put me in that scene, I'm there in one
3: second. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. But I was kind of immersed in the world anyway from just being friends with Richard Madden, who... um was uh, the King of the North. Oh. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so I'd, I'd known him from like 2012. We met at a, um, do you know what? I met Kit uh, Harrington and Richard Madden, both in urinals. Both oh, in wow. Sports, both urinals. So, so, you steal um, a peak? No. I want not know because you're there and you're like, oh my God, this is kind of awkward. I'm next, <laughs> to, I'm next to John Snow. Yeah. And not knowing that he's thinking, oh my God, this is kind of awkward. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I met, I met Richard back in 2012 at a festival. He'd come to watch me headline the, and we met just before I went on. But I'd sort of been immersed in the world from knowing a lot of the actors from like 2012. Right. And so you, you, this is where you're, you'll bail out of this
0: conversation because I find that this is uncomfy for um, some English guys. But Kit Harrington, what a physique. I was watching those lovemaking <laughs> scenes with and Khaleesi and I'm like, those are some of the best buns I've ever seen, male Beautiful. or female. Beautiful. So I got to tell you, if I was at a urinal, I need now the final
3: chapter. My prediction is that his penis is so pretty Well, my rule usually is I don't go to urinals. There'll be 20 urinals and I'll stand at an end And someone will come and stand right next to me just to have a look. Yeah. And so so my rule is I usually don't, but this was a place where I think someone was in the bathroom doing drugs. What a world. So uh, here's my question. Wait, Uh, we never
1: figured out why. How was it? It was a surprise. She was obsessed with you?
3: No, well, not obsessed. Maisie had come to shows. So I'd met her. She came in Dublin, I think because they were filming in Belfast. So I'd met Maisie probably when she was like 12 maybe, okay. maybe 13 she's always been awesome and i don't think they'd written the ending yet or well, it was meant to be like her last season but it wasn't and they said as a surprise for her because it was her last season they would get me on so she was meant to turn up on set and i was by the fire and yeah. she was meant to know her lines and everything get down and be like
1: hang oh, on how
3: fun. um yeah but oh, it, oh, mate, it was that. it was great it was great and i arrived the night before and Kit was obviously there filming with them. Um, there was a bunch of them, and I took them out. And Kit was doing his mate. He was doing that scene. No, he was doing that scene because oh I God. took him out, and he was like, "I've been on a strict diet." And I was like, "Fuck you, oh. man! You're, yeah. you're you're having a burger and a beer, <laughs> and you're gonna be happy about it." And yeah, he was doing that scene the next the did next she, day.
0: I think she told. Did she tell us that maybe they had a couple pops to get through it? Because they're such bros, and they have to fuck passionately in their buddies. I, th- I want to yeah. say they both had a glass of wine or something to kind of oh, loosen up. Oh, I don't, I don't if I'm rec-
3: remember.
2: I'm probably well, he's, starting a rumor. He's
3: married to Rose, who's, I guess, yeah. they're all, like, super Best close. Best friend, yeah. So they moved. I tell people all the time how great Suffolk is, and everyone's like, yeah, 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 it's three, three, three hours. He's moved there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He, oh, took, oh, he took my advice, went
0: on right move, and was like, Do you know what? It's time. You know who I'm most interested in? Well, let me start. You're the guest. Who was your favorite character?
3: Aya. Uh-huh. Always. Yeah. Badass. Incredible. Yeah. She's, she's incredible. I think they, as the show went on, because she's amazing in the books, but I think as the show went on, they realized what a fan favorite she was. So they, once the books were ended, they gave her cooler and cooler shit. Yeah,
0: that's a great, great pick. Mine's The Hound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because as a human being, I relate. Like, I'm a piece of shit scumbag. And then sometimes I got a lot of heart and
3: I'll help you. (laughs) I love the, the lots of people name swords. Lots of cunts. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby wob you, uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy. So easy. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by Men's Warehouse. When you wear a tailored Men's Warehouse outfit, it makes you feel confident, like you can do anything. Whether it's a snappy suit that makes you want to dance at a wedding like no one is watching, or a smart casual outfit that gives you the confidence to nail a job interview. Yep, you should give Men's Warehouse a shot. And here's why. Men's Warehouse is the only nationwide men's clothing store that has a tailor in every store to fit your suit, shirt, jeans, etc. to your bod. Men's Warehouse features clothes from the best brands in the fashion world like Vera Wang, Kenneth Cole, and Calvin Klein. Men's Warehouse isn't just suits, they have jeans, t-shirts, shoes, hats, and even underwear.
1: The tailoring is game-changing. It really makes a huge difference in people's outfits if it's tailored to your body.
0: You could have a kabillion-dollar suit, and if it doesn't fit, it looks terrible.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah, it's key. Men's Warehouse is everywhere with 600-plus locations nationwide, so if you need one, and you will, there's one near you. Feel like you can do anything in an outfit from Men's Warehouse. Visit your Men's Warehouse store or click or tap to shop online. finally answer our long-standing okay. question well you can weigh
1: in
0: you can weigh in no i'm gonna take his verdict S. as okay. the <laughs> verdict we are so curious and maybe we're hearing it wrong but when we hear your songs it sounds to us like you have an american accent oh, that's as it not the does question i thought you were gonna ask oh what do you think i was gonna ask? Uh, oh no i'm point. not gonna do that one i mean i will but i thought it might annoy you so i, I decided to <laughs> shelve that one okay so we think like, I think Mick Jagger sounds American when he sings, but then when he talks, he's clearly English. And your songs, to me, sound...
3: What happens? A, do you agree? I know what you mean, because some people can't work out the accent. It's like work. a
0: newscaster in America. They don't have any regional accent.
3: Yeah. But you're,
0: it's not like, I'm in love with you, boy. Eh. No, but I, don't, terrible, but I don't but talk but like that. No one does. Right. I, <laughs> I do a very
3: bad English accent. But I don't really have a regional accent here. My accent is just kind of plain the region that i come from man is a really really thick farming accent how's that sound i say all right boy how you getting on oh Oh, wow
1: how you got
3: how you got a light everything's like a a limerick yeah well it's all it's it's a musical. yeah it's musical yeah yeah. Yeah. i think if i had an american it would be i'm in love with the shape of you instead of i'm in love with the shape of you oh yeah yeah, that is is different
0: english yeah
3: yeah so we were just wrong. What's your other question that was going to annoy you? But hold on,
0: brown sugar, just like
3: a young girl should. That sounds
0: American.
3: Yeah, I mean, no one's debating that the (laughs) the Rolling Stones might sound American American sometimes. No, you you and I are debating. I think there's
1: a singing sound. That is is maybe separate from accents. Either accent. The trick
3: is this is what I because some some people can like really put on a voice. I always yes. say it's a happy birthday test. How do you sing happy birthday? Horribly. Uh, and yeah. I wouldn't go happy birthday to you. I go happy birthday to you. You'd sing it, and that's your actual singing voice. Please oh sing one more God. bar of it in American. <laughs> happy birthday, dear dad. <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday to you. <laughs> right, shall I, shall I take you're off? like a
0: fourteen year old girl when you're an American. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yeah no no cuz we cuz we, we grow up all we watch is american pie and yes. buffy the vampire slayer sure, and sure, it's sure. like it's all teen dramas and that's kind of part of your theory
1: yeah, yeah, that, that you was grow up because Josh, our friend Josh, he's Australian, and he does such a good American accent. I mean, everyone who's not American can do a very <laughs> yeah, yeah, good yeah. American the, accent. Apparently
3: it's easy. Yeah. No yeah. one American can do a good English exactly. accent. No, no one. No. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for noticing. People <laughs> always sound like they have
3: speech impediments. Because <laughs> well, they, they just talk like this. And, and it's like, we <laughs> don't. about Robert Donnie Jr? What
0: about Robert Donnie Jr? <laughs> We're going to talk exclusively about equals.
1: Yeah, but we also have to ask the other question because okay. now Ed wants to know it.
0: I was 15, I know for sure, because I had my driver's learner's permit, and I got to drive for most of the drive to Vermont. It was like a 10-hour drive. We went um, snowboarding at this place, Killington. I met this beautiful girl from Manchester. Uh, Manchester. Manchester <laughs> Jenny Hazleton. I love you, Jenny. She also was 15, and we had a fun day snowboarding. We had a bunch of beers, and then uh, we ended up in a closet of a hotel room. And as we were making out and things were progressing, I kept thinking like, well, at any point she's going to say, Let's probably wait or let's blah, blah, blah. Well, that never came. And then we were just plowing in a closet at 15. <laughs> and Ed, that always stuck out to me for the following seven years as like curious. Like, why was that? Because she was beautiful. There's, She had all the options. And then I had an anthropology class in college where they were studying the World War II war babies. Do you know this phenomena that a mm-hmm. ton of American GIs got English women pregnant during World War II? But proportionally, and this is key because people like to comment, I'm saying proportionally because there were a lot of American females stationed here as well. They did not become pregnant from Englishmen at the same rate. So that was the curious question. And the anthropologists suggested that culturally in America, the woman has the brake pedal. So it's, it's kind of on the woman's shoulder to go like, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. And they said, and this is, what, this is a fucking four-year-long argument, that in England, the men are expected to have the brake pedal. Like, as a gentleman, they're supposed to say, oh, let's wait. Is that true or not?
3: And is that something that only existed in the 50s? I think the two differences between our culture and your culture is religion. And I think that is why it is... I don't really know about the other thing, but I think in America, religion is so... Prevalent. Yeah, yeah. And sex and religion doesn't really mix. They don't go hand in hand. Yeah, you're right. Whereas here, I'm not saying religion isn't prevalent here. People are religious. But it's not to the same degree. It's not an identity here. Well, no, it is, it is for some people. But and you know, I went to a Church of England school and we sing hymns in school, but like, there's never a point where it's like. I'm born with original sin, and if I masturbate, then I'm going to hell. And yeah. d- there's never that point. I think, honestly, the difference in cultures is religion. Ah, uh, That's
0: a good, I like that take a lot. That we really heard makes that sense, take. yeah. Have you had the experience hooking up with an was Because you can imagine where if you're hooking up with an American, <laughs> Claire is fucking rubbing her <laughs> knees. Would that be the worst thing that could get out about Ed, is that he made love to an American and made her
3: night? I dated an American from Arkansas for a bit. Oh,
0: Well, then religion there. I mean, that's a Bible belt. Yeah. Yeah. You can imagine a scenario where both people have the brake pedal and it just can't get done.
1: The religion element is really interesting because in the United States, it is a lot on the female to be pure, to not be a slut. Yeah, the pressure. There's a lot of pressure on the- Make
0: sure you're in love before you have sex. Yes. so it makes you.
1: I think it makes sense that the woman in the United States has the brake pedal, the girl has the brake pedal separate from anything going yeah, on Yeah, we here. don't know
0: anything about here yeah. right but there yes it's it's the, like every little girl's told like he better love you it should be so special blah. blah. and it's like you're putting on the shoulders of a 14 year old girl to evaluate whether a guy truly loves her or i mean this yeah, is insane my
3: dad never said to me make sure that girl loves you and you've got daughters as well so this yeah. is obviously on your mind yeah. with yeah but i'm
0: unconventional in this way i am so excited for my girl's to get butterflies and to make out and do the whole thing. It's my favorite part of ever being on planet earth is that period where I was but doing that's great. that.
3: This is what I always say. As soon as I had a daughter, all of my mates were like, oh, yeah. oh you wait till she- Better and, buy a gun. Yeah, and like, my thing is if you're a shitty dad, then yes, she's gonna be attracted to shitty men. Yeah. But like, I'm like, all I have to do is I just have to be there for her, be open, be honest, have conversation, never say don't do this, but just give her all all the information. That's me too. And I think that's the thing with just young relationships. I think my wife had this relationship with her mum where she just told her everything and yeah. and didn't feel like she had to hide anything. And not just, I'm not just talking like hooking up and stuff like that, but say you're at a party and you're blasted and you're throwing up and you're like, oh my God, I just want someone to come and get me and take She's me home right. because yeah. you can't yeah. ring your parents yeah. because they're going to have a go at you. You have to have the relationship with your kids where like the worst case scenario, you're going to get sort of, a conversation that you probably don't want, wow. but it's open enough that it's not going to be you're grounded for a month. Although, I guess you can have the conversation and say, and by the way, <laughs> you are grounded.
0: I want to tell you a rule I have. So I used to like fist fighting a lot for myriad of reasons. Strange hobby. It is, it is, it <laughs> is. Not to bring you down, but I was victimized quite a bit as a child. And, and so for me,
3: the thing became, I'll die swinging going forward. Also, I they of, never, ever, ever fuck with you ever. There was, one, there was one kid at school He used to get my bag and empty the books every day. Get my bag, empty the books, get my uh, bag, empty the books. And I said to my dad, what do I do? And he's, he's like much taller than me. Much, uh-huh. much taller than me. And my dad was just like, Punch him in the fucking jaw. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Once. Yes. I punched him in the jaw and I got kicked the fuck in. I was I was like <laughs> oh, no. really, really like beaten. But, but the next day. I would day, argue he didn't do it ne- again. He never did it
0: again. Yep. Never yep. did it again. Even if you get your ass beat, wow. it's one ass beating versus 300. Mm. Uh, and it's so sad and I'm so grateful I don't have a son because I don't want to pass that on. I don't want to have to tell my kid, fucking blast him in the nose, it'll be over. I'm so glad I don't have to do that because I don't want to pass that on. I just want to tell you, I had two. I'm going to take that back. I had three rules. I would never fight a guy who took his shirt off immediately because <laughs> they're ready. Well, no, uh, they're they've, crazy. They've ruined so many shirts fighting. They've learned <laughs> to take it off. Okay. That's a bad sign. <laughs> Two, don't fight a married dude. Cause he's not fighting you. He's fighting his wife and children. His job and the stakes <laughs> are fucking high. You're a representation <laughs> of everything he hates in life. <laughs> and number three, and I swear to this, do not fight a redhead.
1: Oh. Don't
0: fucking do it. Cause I have seen in my childhood, cause everyone I grew up around look like you, everyone's fucking English and Irish and blue collar and auto industry. I saw little redheads get bullied by big guys. And I saw the redheads engage in emotional gear that I've never seen, like bawling while kicking ass. <laughs> 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 and I was like, that's some freaky shit.
3: So my my grandfather was a boxer, and so oh. my dad learned boxing as a kid. And when I was in, when I was really young, I'm talking like seven or eight, and getting picked on, my yeah. dad taught me boxing and, ta- and t- taught me how to throw a punch well. Yeah, and I haven't had a fight since I was like 15 or whatever. That that was probably the last last one. But it is true, like we, <laughs> you're we, emotional. We creatures. as a people, redheads, <laughs> go through quite a bit of abuse by the time we finish school, and it's good to fucking be prepared. I sort of wonder when having ginger hair joins the oh we can't joke about that thing because mm. everything has everything yeah. seems to jo- jo- and yeah. I, I was on Graham Norton which is the big TV yeah, show yeah. the other day and there was a segment where they were like hey look at this ginger cat it kind of looks like you. And I was like I was kind of sat there like okay like I know people find this funny but also like I'm wondering at what point does everyone go okay we can't rag on gingers anymore, you know? Yeah. I
1: don't understand it why
3: because you can it's the one thing you're still allowed to do it's what we say it's like what accents am i allowed
0: to do well virtually white people because it's not a my business to do other ethnicities but more importantly i'm in the hegemonic group i'm in the white hegemonic group of the u.s and if i'm imitating someone that's marginalized and i'm I'm perpetuating some stereotypes that exist solely because they're underrepresented I'm now part of the problem. I can recognize that. I didn't used to be able to recognize that. I do every accent. and I thought I was in fine standing for doing that. But redheads are white. That day ain't coming, my friend. But
1: they are the minority (laughs) hair.
0: You know what would piss me off about that more than anything? Is my bar of comedy. I'd be like, really, man? That's your
3: fucking joke? I look like a cat? There's a whole BuzzFeed article of like people that thought they met Ed Sheeran. And it is literally just (laughs) fat ginger kids. What? And I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> I you know, I exercise, I eat well. I'm like,
1: at least. <laughs> okay. That's so weird. That I gotta is...
0: tell you I gotta tell you the thing. I think I think I relate most to you. On, I think I really I think you and I are brothers on this is um my most hated moments of my life are photo shoots.
3: Oh, mate. I don't trust anyone that does enjoy them, though. I don't trust anyone that likes red carpets. I don't trust anyone that likes photo shoots. I like when you see someone that is there and is like, I love this.
0: It's my most hated thing I do. And I warn the photographer right away. I go, Look, man, you're seeing me in my worst day. I'm insecure. I fucking hate how I look. There's no picture you're going to take and of it me. Doesn't, that's...
3: It doesn't mean I don't like you. No, yeah. But... I just,
0: I'm at my most insecure today. And when I'm at my most insecure, I get really protective of myself. And I'm yeah. like, That's a not, you know, like, I." but I, I've learned to warn people, like, you're going to see the shittiest
3: side of me because I'm so insecure. I... Dude, I didn't, I wasn't in my first 10 music videos. I found ways for me not to be in them. I hired. Fucking Rupert Grint from Harry Potter to play, to play, yeah, to to play, to play me in a music video because I didn't want to be in a music video. Did he drive but, his ice cream truck? No, but no, I think I think he did have it at, yeah, yeah. at the time. But I tried for so long to because i hate the way i look and i don't want to i don't want to see so i do photo shoots now and i'm just like i don't care like you pick the photos i don't want to see them yeah you'll basically you say you can't use any of these photos so yeah Yeah, exactly exactly so but here's what i was going to say so i think this is where the parallel
0: is what's so crazy is if i can talk like you turn a camera on me i'm not insecure and you are crazy confident on stage.
3: Oh, dude. Yeah. The most. The yeah. most. But honestly, even on stage, you take the guitar away from me. I'm like, what yeah. do I do? Yeah. Like, even, like, I couldn't do it. I broke both my arms <coughs> and then I had to do a TV show. Oh, How sung. did you break oh, both your God. arms? Cycling.
0: Bicycling. Yeah. Went
3: over the handlebars? Yeah. Oh. And you broke what? Uh, Whilst Oma? on tour, I had to cancel like 20 shows. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: God. Do
3: you know what's weird about It's so the biggest tour that my tour sort of did better, no, that sounds so weird. My tour ended up being the, the biggest tour. The biggest tour before then. Was you two? And he canceled 20 shows because he broke broke <gasps> his arms. oh uh, In a bicycle accident. Bonham. That's yeah.
1: simulation-y.
3: By the way, he could have performed with, he doesn't play guitar. Like
0: if uh, the Yeah, but Ed he doesn't want to arms. be
1: there and, and big cast.
0: <laughs> yeah. We did a show and I was what? 18 hours out of foot surgery?
1: Oh yeah. That's... And
0: I loved it because I was kind of like, well, they're going to lower their expectations of the show's <laughs> semi-good, and they know I'm on crutches and 14 hours of surgery. They're going to be like, oh, "I barely put on a good show." Yeah, because you do the shows live, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh.
3: You yeah, know, occasionally.
1: But yeah. you can't do it with two broken arms because no. you're doing. Well, all no, kinds but this is my stuff. point.
3: I was playing a playing a TV show. Uh, it was like an award show in France, and I had to sing "Perfect." And usually, I play it on acoustic guitar, but I had a band, and I sort of like Michael Bublé. I was in a I was in a <laughs> suit, and I had had the mic, but I felt so naked on stage, yeah. not yeah. to have anything to hide behind.
1: Yeah.
0: I watched some of the seasons of American Idol, and that, that would always be a thing for, like, people who play guitar. They would be trying to urge them to try it without the guitar, and I was just like, but I get why?
3: it. I know, but why? why? I, I, I totally agree. If someone has a thing, then... Yes. Yeah, I never get that. I just, I was a, a mentor on The Voice recently, and there was this amazing country singer, and she was singing, obviously singing covers, and I was like, why don't you sing your own songs on, on this, because you obviously have your own songs, and she was like, oh, they won't let me do that. And I'm like, but... Called the voice. It's not called the we sing covers. It's right. called the voice. Yeah. If you have a voice, have it be your tunes. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know. I think there's like a licensing huh. thing. Oh, sure.
1: Wait. First of all, you guys are both so handsome.
3: Oh, thank you. I have oh, to no. make that clear. Well, That's you,
1: because you guys are. I get it, but it's so silly. Are you
3: insecure? The
1: most. I was exactly. Just say. Like
3: <laughs> this is the thing. My wife is the most beautiful woman in the world, and she is insecure. But she needs. We all need people who say that. that yeah. you know, I think you look wonderful today. But it's also just the truth. It's the truth to you. Yes. And would you like to... To uh, know it? Yeah. No. I'd, would you like to walk in a room and be like, I am so hot.
1: No.
2: Like, you, wouldn't. no. you wouldn't.
3: It's good. To, it's, again, self-awareness. It's good yeah. to just be self-aware.
0: And even I've had this experience. I don't know if you guys have ever had this and this will sound really cruel, but it is the truth. I've had friends that when I met them, I was like, oh, wow, this is an awkward looking dude come to think they're so fucking attractive and they get all kinds of women because they're wonderful people and they're confident and all these things. And I'll introduce them to someone who's never met them and it clicks me back for half a second where I go, oh, they're seeing him for the first time and they don't know how charming and everything. And I just get aware of it. I'm like, oh, it's so weird. The whole thing is so weird because I don't see that now.
3: I just see- But isn't it bad that you can look at someone and be like, you suddenly feel a certain type of way about them just because of the way they look. Because we all do it. We oh, yeah, all do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you meet them and you're like, oh my God, I'm such a dick. Why yeah. did I think that? Well, yeah. sadly, you know, we're fighting against a lot
0: of biology, which is we're going to procreate with someone. We want our kids to succeed in whatever environment we're in. So it's a hurdle we have to just step across, yeah, yeah. but it is always yeah. going to be there. It's how we're wired.
1: That's what I used to hate. I was only on a dating app once for like 24 which hours, one? Hinge. Mm. And it was a long time ago, so now they've changed it. But when I was on it, you only saw the picture, you saw the school they went to, mm-hmm. and their age. And that was it. And I was on it, and I was like, I'm making decisions based on how high of education they have, their face. I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, I yeah. couldn't do it. I had to get up. I was like, this is not why I like anyone. So, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I just don't it know. is funny, because I do think you're both beautiful as fuck. And well, I think I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm available. <laughs> uh, I've
2: got an arrangement with my wife.
0: Okay. I want to talk about equals now. First of all, I guess I'm curious and probably We don't, don't have to, by the way. I'm not on oh. this to promote the
3: album. Oh,
1: okay. I want to talk about it because I
0: have a couple questions. One yeah. is just I know everyone knows this and I just simply don't. Choosing to, to use math symbols, where'd that idea come from? I fucking love
3: it. I'm a big fan of Coldplay. I really Ugh, fucking love Coldplay. And I love how Coldplay on every album. Are you Coldplay fans? Oh What's your God, favorite Coldplay song? So I wanted to interrupt you to ask. Fix You, by far. I fix love fix it you. so fix much. It, fix, fix, fix You can still make me cry. Yes. Fix you. Um, what about Yellow? Again, great. But Fix You okay. is like to drum up emotion every time you listen to a song is so fucking hard. so Sparks. But, but anyway, sparks. so you guys, you guys are Coldplay fans. I say X and Y to you. You see the symbols you see the cover, you know what the tour looked like. You know what they were dressed. Ah. I say Viva La Vida. You know that. You know the cover. But you know. What the, so for me, I very very young. I was like eighteen or nineteen, and I just decided. I was like, right, I'm going to do five math symbols as my albums. One's going to be orange. One's going to be green. One's going to be blue. One's going to be red. One's going to be yellow. And you're going to just see a poster, and the poster's just going to have an equal sign on it, and you'll know what it is. You yeah. don't need to, even need to see my name. My name has never been on the front cover of my CD. Oh and really? Never, never. Wow. Oh, I love never. that. But Everyone knows that that's my CDs, but you will see a green, you won't even see the X. You'll see You see a green CD and you go, that's Ed's. So you see a blue CD and you go, that's, that's Ed's. And I really, really wanted to, it's not so much a branding thing, but just a feel a of a, brand. oh yeah, a feel of an album. I say divide to you and you see blue, and the tour and the splash and the thing. And now I'm doing this tour, which is all of them. And you look at those symbols and you go, oh, he's going to play all those songs. You don't, Mm. you just see the symbols and you go, and it's those songs rather than being like the greatest hits tour. You just, so, and also it's something, the first one I'd released five EPs and my plan was to release five EPs and become successful because no label wanted to sign me. So I had all these songs that I was saving for an album and I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. So I made a band EP, uh, electronic EP, A acoustic EP that was a collaboration with a singer, a live EP, and then a kind of grime rap EP, which was a collaborations project. And then by the end of that, I pretty much made it as far as I wanted to make it. I signed a record deal. And then Plus was the addition to all of that. Mm. So it was the add-on. Multiply took what Plus did and made it bigger. Divide was a double album originally, but now they're all muddled up. But it was uh, R&B and acoustic. And then... There was going to be a, a stripped back acoustic album, which was meant to be the next one, but this is now the next one. And then Equals was going to be the end of the equation with every aspect of all the albums in it. Oh, so that, cool. and I was like, that's my next 10 years planned out. And uh-huh. it's now been 10 years. And in between, I was going to do a number six collaborations project. In between the next one, I'll probably do a number seven. Like I'd planned it out. But you're wow. not
0: making a Tarantino declaration. No, you're well, only going to make 10. No, movies. I'm not going to make
3: 10 records, but I'm going to make 10 symbol records. Okay. But okay, not yeah, the okay. next five won't be maths. Okay. So. Okay. And also, Tarantino wouldn't class Grindhouse as one of his 10. Like, he's still allowed still allowed to Good go point. off and do offshoots. And maybe if he did Star Trek, it wouldn't count as one of his 10. So he's going to make 10 <gasps> official right. Tarantino movies. And I'm going to make 10 official albums. You clearly like Tarantino. I love Tarantino. I met him at a, an award show. And it was one of those ones where I didn't want that to be how I met. Because I always want to meet people when they want to meet me. And I was it was one of those ones where I was kind of brought up to him and introduced and like shook a hand. And I was like, this, is, this isn't is how I, w- I want to do it. I remember I made my second album with Rick Rubin, who um, you guys should definitely interview. I, I want to, his. so bad. He was playing with Eminem and he took me to SNL and um, he was like, you want to meet Marshall? And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't. And uh, um, he was like, cool. But the reason I didn't want to meet him was because I don't want to be like, hey, this is this is Ed Sheeran, by the way. This he sings, is a
1: fan. You'd, yeah,
3: you'd know, uh, he sings this song and blah, blah, blah. I was like, when I meet Eminem, I want him to be like, Ed, can we do a song together? And, and that was my Tarantino thing. Like, yeah. I didn't want to be brought up and be presented.
0: I have the exact same thing with Bill Murray. I've been next to him like probably six times and I love him too much to, to not. I only want one version of it. Yeah. I don't want the I'm a fan of you version. I want the let's talk, I'm interested in you version. Yeah. And maybe that was, that's that been a mistake.
3: <laughs> no, no it's not because, because your memories will not be muddied. Yeah. You can go through the whole of life knowing that you made the right decision or you can have a really awkward selfie with Bill Murray and be like, he kind of thought I sucked. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? yeah, <laughs> yeah, he
0: couldn't get out of that fast enough. Now, how is your new tour structured different than the last so that you don't experience what you did last time? Just I br- last I'm bringing shows? my family
3: with me. No, 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 I'm doing way more shows. Oh, way wow. More shows, yeah. Oh, boy. Way, way more. You did 260 the last. Yeah, I'm going to do more. Ooh. I'm going to do more.
1: Can we come? Are you going to come to LA?
3: Yep, yep. We're coming to LA. The way I view it is my daughter is one. And when she starts school, I'm going to want to be settled and I'm not going to want to go on a five year world tour. So now is the time to do it. So I'm going to go until she turns about five or six and then stop. So I'm going to, I'm basically going to get all of my touring in and then I think I'll tour school holidays and stuff like that, but I'm going to get it all in. Wow. And I want to play places I haven't been as well. Like I've never really, I played China, but I've never properly toured China. I want to yeah. go and go there for like six weeks and actually just yeah. be in China.
0: Yeah. That's a great plan. And we did the same thing when our little babies, we just still took movies out of town and just traveled. And it was great. And there's mm. pictures of them all over the place. and It was really wonderful. But I, I do want to potentially warn you for something in your future, which is I brought the eight-year-old, my daughter Lincoln to one of our shows. Oh, <laughs> thinking like somehow she would like see me oh, yeah, in yeah, my yeah, element, yeah. and my element she'd have some kind of like of affection for what i do and uh what did she she watched for maybe 12 seconds and then she went in the green room so and boring yeah <laughs> wanted to draw
3: pictures or something and i was like but would you uh, with your parents like no. t- i remember my dad my dad he's an art historian so he used to do lectures on like art but like old art and i remember the same thing now I'm fascinated yeah. and I want to sit with him for hours. I want yeah. him to tell me about the Napoleonic era and all these, uh, he took me to Louvre the other day and we, but at the time, I remember just being like, I don't want to fucking listen to this. Like have, what? what? Have, yeah. Have you bought him a, a crazy painting that
0: he would, please say yes. <laughs> please tell me he's got a fucking Picasso I tell you what, or something. I, t- I tell you what, what. Does he have
3: a scream in his house? <laughs> I've been to a house that did have one. Yes, yes. Was it New in York. New York?
0: Yeah. So can I just tell you one second funny story about that? I didn't go there, but- My mentor is a 72-year-old lawyer. I love this dude. We ride motorcycles together. I I worship him. He's got two daughters. They're grown. They turned out perfect. I want to be him. I'm driving in the car with his two daughters in the backseat. They're like 22 and 24. And I say, who's dating who? Oh, she's the younger one's got a new boyfriend. I go, oh, where does he live? Oh, he lives in Manhattan. Oh, what does his family do? I don't know. They're investors or something. And then the oldest sister goes, they have the
3: scream in their house. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not, Not only that but they own all of one street and they've knocked the middle of the house out. So they can have natural light in every room. Mate, I went there, I went there and I played this music festival and I'd played with this artist and they said, they make me look poor. And, uh, and I was like, I hell, what's 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 this house going to, and I walked in and the first thing I saw was a huge Francis Bacon. And I was like, that's not fake. And then there was these, oh man, it was, he had a Picasso floor. It was like an art gallery, but the cool thing about it is um, he lends all the stuff out to to galleries, so he would lend out the screen. Even
0: Bill Gates, I think he owns the coolest thing someone could, especially for him, to have bought, which is he bought Leonardo da Vinci's journals. And, you know, he invented an eyepiece that he would write it. It's written upside down and backwards, and then you need the eyepiece to read it. And it's on tour, like, you know, nine months of the year, and then it's back at his house, and he geeks out over it, and then it goes on tour.
3: Have you interviewed Ryan Tedder? Before? No. One Republic. He collects old, important historical artifacts, like letters from George Washington and oh, stuff really? like that. Yeah, he's got some really... I, I hope you won't mind me saying. But I think he, again, lends them out to museums. But yeah, on art, <laughs> I remember there was one time... This was before like stuff was like published in the papers about who weren't what. And I remember my dad sending me this Rembrandt that was like, like hundreds of millions. Sure. And him being like... I don't know if he was saying... He basically said, This is a good investment. I don't know if he was saying go to ahead. me, <laughs> Right, right, that right, right. You should buy it. But I remember thinking, I don't know if you know what musicians earn, but, <laughs> but
2: <laughs> <it's> <laughs> we're not, not that. quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
3: God. I got to tell you the
0: fucking craziest experience I had. We were at my family's house in Oregon for Christmas. And I don't know how this came up. Somehow someone brought up celebritynetworth.com, which I didn't even know was a thing. Like, oh, yeah, it's a thing. You can go look and blah, blah, blah. I'm sitting there, sitting there, and then I'm thinking, well, they must have looked me up, right? And I said, did did you look me up? And they said, yeah. And I said, how much do I have? And they said this number that was at the time like eight times, ten times what I had. And I said, "Uh uh-huh. Did you look Kristen up? Yeah. What does she have? "Uh Uh-huh. Ten (laughs) times. And I said... If I were you guys and you thought we had that much money and we weren't just fucking
3: showering it, like I would be resentful. Yeah, 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 but yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like a little
0: dangerous.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's one of my most Google things. If you type in my name, you know the suggested thing. Yeah. That's yeah. like, I think that's like the top thing that people ask.
1: War- Mine is
3: if you're
0: at Is Dax Shepherd, it'll autofill. Oh, game, right, yeah. yeah which sure. apparently happens to nearly everyone. That's funny. Ed, you're fucking radical. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you sat down with us. Um, Thank you so much was, for having yeah, me. Yeah, this is a ton of fun. Adore you. Thank you so much, Thanks man. so much, man. And last thing I got to say, I just, because I want people to know the real you. I asked Sean, dude, I hate doing this. Could you just ask him because I'm going to be in London? He's like, no problem. Within 10 minutes, I get an email from you. You're fucking cordial. Would you like to have lunch? You're a goddamn gentleman. You're a nice person behind the scenes, y'all. All right. Well, that's Thank it. you. All right. Nice one,
3: man. <laughs> I appreciate
1: that.
0: yeah. yeah. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman.
1: Only ABR? We're rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. This was such a fun episode.
0: It, it was more than an episode. It became a life event.
1: It really did.
0: Getting to go to his restaurant.
1: His pub.
0: Birdie and... Birdie
1: Blossoms. Birdie Blossoms. Blossom, Birdie
0: Blossoms mm-hmm. And getting to eat that insane meal. Mm.
1: And Danny... And Danny
0: came by and Danny Blake. Danny Ricardo
1: and Blake came by. And so we all had lunch together, the five of us.
0: Introduced those guys so they could geek out on watches. It's I
1: wrote all- that down. Watches. <laughs> okay, they talked about... A watch, or for like thirty minutes straight, and and it sounded so limited edition, so exciting, and I really wanted
0: it. You were interested, yeah, not because you like watches, no. but because of the limited editionness right. of it.
1: That's right. And what kind is it again?
0: A petite something. Petite tois. <laughs> petit toi. It was a great experience for me because generally I'm the person in that talk.
2: Mm.
0: like i'm the one talking about a certain car for mm. 45 minutes sure, right sure, and so i to get to observe other people that geeked out about something mechanical is was really funny and just when you thought you had heard about the most exclusive ones yeah. then it turns out well then there's also one that's got this engraving on it that. <laughs>
1: tiffany somehow hey, yeah. connected yeah i want them all
0: somehow they got in on it oh, I want
1: Yeah. Um, Speaking of Danny, I'm wearing one of his new sweatshirts. Mmm. And uh, he has just great merch. Just going to send people to Danny Ricardo's site.
0: And the one you're wearing is a, I don't know if you've put this together, but it's a NASCAR throwback. So, of course, Daniel Ricardo picked the number three because he loved Dale Earnhardt, the Intimidator. Right. And at the Austin race, he got to drive one of Dale's NASCARs on the track. And he had his helmet done up as Dale Earnhardt's helmet. And so and then now he's got sweatshirts that are like kind of a throwback.
1: And the back says lick the stamp. And that's like his a catchphrase.
0: Dale Earnhardt's.
1: No, Danny's. It is? Yeah. Oh. Um, it's his like new catchphrase. Oh, lick new the catchphrase. stamp. Okay. And we asked when we were on the river before the near death experience. Right. We <laughs> asked him what it meant. And I guess <laughs> This is we're old because you know I'm older than Danny too, so we're really old. But me and you,
0: hold on though. You're you're two years older than Danny. Yeah, really old. Okay. Yeah, and apparently no two. He's eighty nine. You're eighty seven. Okay. All right. Everyone, calm down.
1: Um, there is a phrase. Send it.
0: Oh, right. Yes, yes. Send it. it means go big. Yeah. It means jump high, jump far. Yeah. Yeah, full send, send it.
1: Never heard it. You've obviously heard it.
0: Oh, yeah. I've been sending it for a while. You could find some um, pictures of me jumping razors in the dunes from three years ago where I either write hashtag full send or hashtag send it.
1: Okay, cool. Well, I didn't know about it. Okay. And he's added lick the stamp, send it. it.
0: That's a really good idea. So it's just before send it, lick the stamp. I love it. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the guy who really made it hugely popular. There's this amazing Canadian dude with a fucking really long, short, long. Oh, okay. What else do people also call known that? as
1: a mullet? A mullet,
0: huge mullet. This old shitty snowmobile, like a fucking '79 Yamaha 400, a piece of crap. And he's in the deep snow in only denim. He'll only wear jean oh, jackets
2: oh my. Okay.
0: with big bright green Oakley glasses. Oh. And he, his whole thing was, you know, I'm going to send it. I'm gonna send it, and he'd get on this piece of shit snowmobile oh and jump God. it way too far. <laughs> it's so dangerous. Oh wow! Yeah, and he made it really, really popular.
1: Okay, okay, that's good giving name, him credit. Yeah, you know. yeah,
0: he deserves it. He, I think he's had a lot of injuries to make that expression popular.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, Ed's wife's name is Cherry Blossom. Cherry, and <laughs> yeah. so that's why it's Birdie Blossoms because Cherry Blossoms mm-hmm. and Birdie is his manager's wife's name. Nickname, yeah. And you have a Cherry Blossom tattoo, so it's all a ding, ding, ding. <gasps> oh, my gosh oh, mm. my gosh. oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I know.
0: And then tomorrow I go in for my first.
1: Oh, you do? Yeah.
0: Tomorrow I'm back in the chair. Seattle? Yeah, I haven't gotten one in over a decade, I think. And or, which one
1: are you getting tomorrow?
0: I think we're going to start on the crow. Either the crow or the Delta 88 and the Lincoln symbol, but all three of those things are happening soon, so I'm not sure where he will want to start.
1: Oh my goodness. What remember, time? I'm really
0: excited. Two? <gasps> Two I go in. Where
1: is it?
0: Um, on Sunset, shamrock. Ooh. You know it. It's in West Hollywood.
1: Is the crow gonna be black?
0: It's gonna be blue. Oh. Which would really make it a raven. But Raven Crow, same difference. Okay. Knock knock knocking on my chamber door. Never more. Never more. Never more. Knock knock knocking.
1: Wow, that's exciting. It is
0: exciting. So fun. it was so funny because Lincoln was saying so. Initially, when I told Lincoln I was going to get some more tattoos, she did not like it. She started crying. Oh, I get it. Like you love your parent, you don't want them to change. Mm. So that was a that was a whole process, and then she came around. She's like, you know what? I want you to. That's you know, if you want to do that, blah blah blah. So she she was further telling me that she's supportive now of the thing. And she said, but, Dad, you can't get a sleeve. You're too old.
1: Oh, well. And I said,
0: well, hon, I don't know if I'm too old to have a sleeve. Uh-huh. And the end goal is a sleeve. And um, she said, you're just too old. You'll look – it'll be embarrassing you're trying to be so cool.
1: Wow. That's pretty insightful. <laughs> been,
0: that could be the truth.
1: Yeah. I don't disagree with her. But I also think you should do it if you want to do it.
0: Mm, well, it's, we'll, well, we'll take it as they come. We'll okay. decide if it's too much. Slow and or too, steady. Slow and steady will win the race.
1: <laughs> so we talk about Guinness in the episode because he oh. has Guinness on tap at his house, at his, at his <sighs> Neverland. He doesn't have
0: Guinness. Oh, he does. He has four. And oh, okay. One of them is
1: Guinness neck oil. Um... One of his friend's dad. Yeah. And then another one. I forget.
0: And one was at a bar we went into, though, and you had regretted not trying that. Neck oil. Yeah, because
1: Danny said, you got to try it. Ah. But then I just got wine.
0: But then it was so kind of you. I really, of course, I wanted to have a pint in England, is what it really was. And I just kept saying to you, why? I don't I don't want you to miss having a pint while you're here. You're you like, really wanted I me I really too. wanted you to. Yeah. And we stopped at a place. Yep. And you got yourself a pint of Guinness. Yeah. And um, it was so generous of you to <laughs> even participate in this. And you took a couple sips, and I was really proud of
1: I you. I had to give it to you.
0: Yeah. 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 You didn't want it. No. No. I
1: didn't. <laughs> It's, it's a bit heavy for me.
0: Yeah, it's a heavy lager. And then I was explaining to you that they prescribed it in, when you were in the hospital back mm-hmm. in the day because of its high iron content and yeah. nutritious value.
1: And I was, my flies were around. Oh,
0: they were in the- They were
1: swarming. <laughs> so
0: You needed some iron, Yeah, share. it was good for me. Probably helped things out.
1: Oh, okay. So we also talk about hot ones. Mm. First of all, love hot ones so love much. Love ones. And you said you're legendary on it, which you are. Uh-huh. Um, but I wanted to read the best hot ones guess ever. There's a couple different, like you know, sites that have yeah. ranked. Yeah. But here's what here's one of them. Okay. Okay. Paul Rudd, mm. number one. I've mm. seen that one. Shia Labooth. Uh huh. Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Terry Crews. Oh. Kristen Bell. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza, Mm. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Nick Offerman, Charlize Theron, Mm. Scarlett Johansson, Halle Berry, Jordan Peele, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Man, he gets people. Mm. Steve-O, Ken Jeong, Dak Shepard.
0: Did you read this list just to make me feel terrible? You're on it. I'm like 25th. I'm the only person to ask for an extra wing with extra hock sauce. Okay, first of all. And I wonder. eat 11 while I was there. <laughs>
1: first of all, I just looked this up right now. So oh, I didn't know. Okay, this
0: wasn't a setup. To,
1: no, okay. why do you think that? I would never do that. Also, you should be proud you're on this list.
0: I think it's just a list of now everyone that's ever been on it. No, now that I hear he, they've
1: interviewed like 300 people.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. All right,
1: okay, okay. My God, you're 16. Just. <laughs> Idris Elba, Keegan-Michael Key, Alton Brown, Russell Crowe. Oh, there are a lot of people on here. Uh, 25, okay. Um, <clears throat> Russell Crowe, Burt Kreischer, Eric Andre, Post Malone, Chili Klaus. <laughs>
0: Oh, Chili Klaus is famous.
1: Who's Chili Claus? Chili
0: Klaus is a, he's like a German um, pepper. And when he eats it, he goes <laughs> like he's cra his his uh, he's oh obsessed god. with hot peppers, <laughs> and he does this thing where he eats the California Reaper, and he goes oh he god. loses his all control of his body physiologically. Oh. Oh he's my. incredible. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh my god! Okay, he's and a then. Shaquille O'Neal oh okay well I feel now I feel good okay or there's actually good. more but I'm gonna stop there
0: okay okay
1: yeah. uh but anyway yeah you're up there
0: okay that's good I feel better that's
1: only one site too like yeah, other people yeah. let me look let me look, look on moment.
0: my site I think I have myself a little higher <laughs> a little more legendary status I guess my claim didn't pan out I didn't didn't check out my claim but again no, I did yes ask for a, did. I asked for a, a, an 11th wing
1: if you're on this site, a nice, you're a big deal. <laughs> you're okay? a big
0: name in the hot food game. <laughs>
1: this other one by BuzzFeed.
0: Uh huh. Um, um, this, this is a bad <laughs> experiment.
1: Okay, hold on. Just hold on. Okay.
0: Hold on. I'm looking up best miniature mouse- mice <laughs> in the world.
1: <laughs> hey. I just want to.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, we gotta, we gotta know the truth.
1: No, that's not why, I wanna make you feel better. It's
0: not going well, but I'm now gonna know I'm not even on this list, so good. What I'll know is if you don't read any of the names, I'm not on that list. Yeah, it's a lot of
1: scrolling. You're on that. it, <laughs> honorable mention. <laughs> Whatever, they haven't watched them all. Anyway, I love your episode, uh, and you, you do ask you. for another wing, and mm. it's impressive.
0: Mm. And I had no reaction whatsoever. I know. Which I then was getting self-conscious about. Like I thought, man, maybe I should literally act like I'm having one because
1: it's not a fun didn't. show.
0: What makes the show fun is people losing their marbles and they can't talk.
1: Yeah, but it's also fun when people can handle it well.
0: I guess. But I, I just remember thinking, this. I'm not giving this guy the show he makes. Um, like I, I got a little codependent.
1: My boyfriend isn't on the list either.
0: But he just was on, right? Yeah. That list might be predate his appearance i'm sure he's number one now he
1: didn't he didn't he didn't like it it was hot for him i was yeah
0: at what number right out of the gates no okay like Um, six or seven it's a weird one and this comes up i think it was even in eds because i watched eds before the interview, uh and i think i agree like number six or something's the worst for some reason even though it's lower on the scoville it's it to me. When I got to six, I was like, "Oh, I might be in trouble if there's four more." Yeah, and then it didn't. Then it got a little l- better. It plateaued and then went down. If anything. well,
1: there's different kinds. Like you know, some hit you in the back of the throat.
0: Sure, most so, oh, they all hit you in the ass eventually.
1: Well, sure, they punch
0: you right in the seat.
1: I don't think I'd do well.
0: Mm, I don't either.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what is funny is. My per, my performance on that show, and Kristen's, Kristen as well, went all the way and didn't care. Mm-hmm. We were overly confident when we ate that weird piece of chocolate for a charity. Yeah. And we got caught with our pants down. There was people were throwing up, were guzzling milk. It yeah. was just torturous. And I was like, oh, I'm not nearly as good at this as I thought.
1: Yeah, but that one seemed extreme. It
0: was really extreme. Carolina Reaper in a, in a, in a chocolate.
1: Yuck. As I learned on the Rapids... Follow my gut. Don't be peer pressured. But could we, but,
0: so you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) But your gut wouldn't have led you to mushrooms. And that's one where you actually ultimately feel like you're grateful you tried it.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's
0: been some examples of you being out of your comfort zone and then being happy you were.
1: Definitely. But my gut with, Mushrooms. When I ended up doing them, was it's time to try it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it wasn't. I really don't want to. Right, but I'm going to. Wasn't that
0: okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> you good? You all right?
1: Okay. So he talks about failures and how he's only learned from failures, not successes. And you said that's a premise of the show. And I'm going to correct you because it's not. The show is the messiness of being human, okay? Just get it right. Just please get it right.
0: I regret getting that tattooed on my lower back. (laughs) It's going to go on the sweaters.
1: We have to have one sweater with it for sure. For sure. say goodbye to it. Yeah. Even if we have it and then we have just a line.
0: You had a good idea, which is to um, do a suggestion for a new tagline.
1: Yeah. On Instagram, we'll put out like, hey, hey. Hey, arm cherries.
0: Okay, this is exactly how it's going to read. <laughs> hey, arm cherries. Happy hey, arm Thursday! Cherries,
1: exclamation point. Happy Thursday. <laughs> it's experts on experts day. <laughs> also, if you want to put in your vote for what our new tagline should be, put it in the comments. Yeah. Smiley face. Cherry honest, emoji.
0: Someone already suggested one. That's already a front runner for me.
1: Yeah, but we can't say it.
0: We're not going to say it. But I just want. It to be known that already an armchair came up with a great one
1: that's yeah. better also we are going to do a new sweatshirt and so if you guys have good ideas for what should be on the sweatshirt you could tell us too mm-hmm. you probably don't have time for that oh yeah. sorry oh, rob shit. says in there's fact, no I've time in fact i have
0: to get to drawing right yeah, i was gonna ask this. you after this if you drew that yet. shit i didn't all right well, we'll see how it goes um you <laughs> know this is one of those examples where it's like when, when we were all launching this mm-hmm.
1: We didn't
0: know we were doing. No. And also Rob's like, hey, we need a description of the show. It didn't even cross my mind you need a description of the show. Uh, yeah. So, and like, we need it tomorrow. So you know, you know, I sit down, I take my best whack at it. I don't ever consider the show's gonna be successful at some point, and that there'll at some point be a billboard of this thing I write in a half hour <laughs> to make the deadline of tomorrow's description of the show, and then you're just uh, you're just stuck with it. Yeah. Um
1: that's all for
0: Ed. That was all for Ed.
1: We had so much fun with them. Oh,
0: it was a whole day. Again, it was a whole day. It was um we've had this many times on the show, but this one is a peak where when we walked back to the hotel, we just were really ha- struggling to figure out how that was a job. Yeah. It to be fun from beginning to end and that to be good job seems uh, silly.
1: It does. It, it seems silliness.
0: We were it was pinch us time.
1: It seems messy but human. We've also, but also being human. human. Thank yeah. you, Rob. Thanks
0: yeah. thanks for reminding us. Oh, the messiness of being... I wonder if I'll come all the way back around. It's like a joke in a movie that got bad. Exactly. But then they're going to say it seven more times, That's- and then I'm going to love it for life. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, the place it stings the most is like when we do a show. In the the host of that show, like a TV show, Uh say like, the host of, uh, exploring the messiness of being, it just (laughs) sounds, it sounds terrible. And then we're sitting there smiling, waiting for the description to be over. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's great. I love it. I love it. It sounds
0: saccharine, I guess that's what it is. It does. Yeah.
1: But it's, you know, unfortunately, it is also true. It it, it truly is a good <laughs> it's, it's a very, good description. Yeah,
0: it's a very good descriptor.
1: Um <sighs> that's it. All right. All right, love you. Love
0: you.